You are listening to The Next Dimension, and Dragon Ball Z presents Vegeta's Plan, Message to Earth, and Battle's End. 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 All right, Boo. Let's do it. That's way too much energy. It's enough to blow the planet ten times. Hey, Boo is so much stronger than anyone I've ever faced before. But I know there's still a way to win. What I represent can never be destroyed. Hello and welcome again to the March 2015th edition of The Next Dimension, a Dragon Ball Z podcast. As always, my name is Donovan Morgan Grant, your co-host, and as usually and always, always as well, I am joined by my friend and co-host, Mr. Jesse Garrett. Hello, and welcome back, listeners. And uh, there was absolutely no delay in that, I promise. (laughs) Oh, no, no, no. I'll edit it out. Uh, how are you uh, this this lovely month, Lo- beginning of the summer this, for 2015, Don? Oh, I wish summer could get, get here fast. Um, it's actually been a very, when I say tumultuous month, I don't, I don't mean like, you know, horrible month, but like uh, Nashville was inundated with a lot of snow and ice, so we're getting over that. I'm getting over a slight illness, so uh, I'm recovering, and this is uh, on the start of my recovery, recording Dragon Ball Z Pocket, and ending the Blessed Boo Saga finally, so things are I, good. Yeah, I do say summer, but that's because um, I, I was actually outside playing volleyball earlier. Like, oh. it's, it's 70 degrees here, so it's it's in full summer mode. Sweet, sweet. Well, I think Atlanta is typically warmer than Nashville, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we literally have winter and summer with, like, a week of spring and fall between the, sweet. the two. Sweet, sweet. Everything, everything's going good? Yeah, I'm uh, I'm too getting over a, an illness. Uh, beginning of the week, I was I was hit with a spontaneous cold, pretty hard, and it was going around work. And I was worried we weren't be able to record because I I lost my voice, and I was like, oh god, no, no. <laughs> but we we uh, were able to get everything recorded on time, amazingly oh. enough. Oh yes, oh yes. Unless we were both like assassinated within the next five minutes, we'll be good. You'll be hearing this uh, very soon. Um, and to further date our podcast, uh, as I said, we're going to cover the end of the boost I got now. Thank Christ, honestly. But before that, we we uh, and, and before we get to the emails, we should cover the very, very, very recent and relevant Dragon uh, Ball Z news. Um, like there, there, there were news about revival of F. Uh, first off, we should talk. We should go in like sequential order about this. We've got a new trailer for uh, revival revival of F. And uh, what do you think about it? I don't know. How really to describe it? Because the first trailer was interesting, but this one was really friggin' awesome. Oh yes, that's how that's it, how you describe it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it wasn't even uh, I guess the first one was more of a teaser than anything, but mm-hmm. you know, th- this is how you cut a, a, a trailer for a movie, especially for something as as aged and as as beloved as Dragon Ball, because it hits every beat correctly. Absolutely, you literally see every character do their thing you get i don't know every moment like make you want to cheer is in here and uh it's uh it i'm kind of i kind of compare it to uh the avengers trailer i've seen you know the the latest one that came out that got everybody hyped it's like oh yeah you know you had the avengers movie come out how can you top it this is the same way it's like you've got this army of freezer's men and it's literally more than we've ever seen before and You've got the thing I've been asking for, seeing all the Z Fighters fight at once. Yes. Seemingly, that's happening on the screen. Like, 
Roshi's, you know, kicking butt along with Gohan. I'm like, man, what? What? This is nuts! I cannot <laughs> wait to see this movie. Absolutely, yeah, because that's. I mean, they they kind of fought last time, but they really didn't fight too too much in Battle of Gods. Spoiler for Battle of Gods if you've not seen it, but we'll talk about that soon. But um, no, yeah, this is this is a lot. This is a lot more action packed, and uh, they're really bringing like this suspense of Frieza. And we should say we uh, see Frieza's new form in this. He's sort of this golden purple uh, trophy looking form. What do you think of it? Uh, I like it. I mean, I like that. Uh, to me, it looks like a mirror on the god form of Goku, okay. in that it's a more of a coloration change than actual looking different. Yeah. Because I mean, at this point, we've seen what four forms to Frieza, all that look pretty radically different than the last one. Mm-hmm. So I like that they kind of took a more subtle approach with the changes. Similar to how God Form didn't kind of go over the top, especially like Super Saiyan 4 does. Right. And it kind of toned back different aspects and didn't go with the blonde hair. So I'm wondering how that's going to play in and what – we don't know – at this point, we don't know any – I don't know anyway uh, any of the information on where this swarm comes from. We know he gets resurrected. We don't know if it's a natural progression of his power level because – as far as I remember, we were, that was indicated to be his last form or his final form when he died on Namek. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm really interested to see where this goes. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that like, unless, unless Toriyama was in a retconning mood, we've seen all that Frieza has had to offer beforehand. So this will this will legitimately be yeah, a new that, form. That leaves me credence to, to what I'm saying in, in that I think there's some outside force making him stronger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, some some sort of like magic connection, especially with Beerus being involved. I I don't I don't think Beerus is gonna is gonna have anything to to do with powering up Frieza, but maybe another another god in that pantheon that were, was hinted at in the last film because this is a sequel. Oh, yes. So I, I, there's so many possibilities, man. I'm just like like I I was sitting at work the other day like thinking up, man, how you know how is this gonna happen? You know, man. Me and me and a coworker were tossing out theories. Sidebar. My coworker asked me the most epic question the other mm-hmm. day. My buddy at work asks, "Would you rather be a wizard or any character from Dragon Ball Z?" Now, Don, in your time knowing <laughs> me, what do you think my response to that question is? <laughs> if you could be, is... I had the best response ever lined up. My eyes. If you, lit if you up. could either be any character or a wizard, which would you be? And I'm guessing you'd love to be Yamcha, wouldn't you? Oh, of course, of course. And I was like, bro, bro, why do I have to choose? He's like, what do you mean? He's like, what, what do you mean what I mean? I can be the best <laughs> wizard ever, Bobbity. And he was like, oh, I forgot about Bobbity. Like, <laughs> it's, like, it's not like he died or anything. Well, we still see him after this. <laughs> we do. We do. We see him to the better end. <laughs> Which I love. I was like, oh, he got, a, he got a little cameo grade. No close-up, but a cameo. And a flashback form. With his amazing line. With his amazing line. This is what joy must feel like. Oh God! I, I gotta talk about that later, but but, oh, uh, yes. but yeah, yeah. So uh, that that was uh, some of some of the personal lows in my life about Dragon Ball. This is this is what I do at work. I just randomly talk about Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> well, if only you could podcast over there, we can get paid for it. To be honest. Oh. The one thing I, that I took away from the trailer that I'm really interested in, because like you, you can see the uh, translation of the, all the dialogue on Kazunshu. And at one point, apparently Vegeta asks, or Frieza asks Vegeta, "Hey Vegeta, want to be my henchman again?" Which I don't know why he thinks that would work because he killed Vegeta. But um, at one point, like you know, Goku's getting beat up by Frieza, and Vegeta's kind of standing over him, very kind of like lording over him. 
I'm like, ooh, where is this going? So that kind of had my interest. Yeah, that's a scene, and thank you, because I completely forgot we were talking about the trailer. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's a scene that, on first glance, didn't really didn't really draw my attention too particularly because it can it it's almost up to interpretation but when you when you hear the dialogue and hear him asking that it takes on a whole other meaning like mm-hmm. is there any possible way that vegeta would consider this like hmm you know it's like uh, I, I as much as i know the character now i'd like to believe that wouldn't happen but then again, this is the same guy who has murdered a lot of people. Yeah, I don't know. And I, uh, you don't you don't know you know what influences he could have, what what could be going on in the series. So it's another aspect I think of the trailer and of the movie that is just has me super intrigued. Because Toriyama is positing the question: Who knows Vegeta more, Frieza or Goku? Exactly. <laughs> so that that would be interesting. So yeah, uh, the trailer looks really really fun. I'm really I'm still pumped for Revival of and um. So we, we mentioned the trailer. Now let's mention this news. This news dropped about an hour before we started recording, guys. So this uh, current recording is dated, but it's also as, as about as uh, up-to-date as we possibly can get. Funimation has been officially confirmed to dub Revival of F, which isn't a surprise, but we're, it's good that we're getting the confirmation, you know, as soon as we can. But the real interesting thing is that we're going to, we should expect to see the English dub of Revival of F sometime this summer. So we're talking like in between June, July, or August, like very, very, very soon, like in a few months after uh, Revival of com- comes out in Japan. So that is uh, pretty awesome news. Now, do you think that's a direct response to how well it did, how well Battle of Gods did in theaters? I think – I can't imagine that would have no effect on this. <laughs> because, oh, exactly. Because Battle of Gods – I think, I think Battle of Gods was out in America maybe four days during the week, and it did very well for its limited release. <laughs> <clears throat> oh yeah, and uh, the lead-up between the release of the Japanese version and the U.S. Uh, release was significantly longer. Correct? Uh, yeah, because I remember when Battle Guys came out. It came out April 2013, and uh, in America it came out like a few months ago in 2014. Now, Revival of F is coming out. Uh, I believe it's either March. It's March 30th. So, like, like by the end of this month, uh, it will come out in Japan, and. You know, uh, you know, it won't be a year. It'll only be a few months um, when um, it comes out in America. So that's that's the that's the quickest time between re- Japanese release and American dubbing I've ever heard, especially in terms of anime. Oh yeah, I mean they're really on the ball. So, well, I mean, it, clearly it warrants it. Just to how how well the Battle of Gods did in theaters is like there's an audience for this guys. Keep. Keep bringing them over here. Absolutely, and and I know that I know uh, via tw- I don't I don't I don't have Twitter, but I know that you know to go to Twitter and you know places that uh, go over Twitter. Christopher Sabat, uh, you know, voice of Vegeta and uh, the voice director, and all that has confirmed that like uh, Chris Ayers, who voiced Frieza in Dragon Ball Kai, will voice him in the American dub of Revival of F. Wait, you said he's the voice director also? Yeah, Christopher Sabat. In addition to being a voice of all the characters, he he also is heavy involving in the uh, production of the English dub. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, so he's he's a voice director, and I, I believe he does other things too. But he, he's a big, a big uh, muckety muck in uh, Funimation. So, uh, so yeah, no, this is this is awesome. I th- I think it's terrific that like, uh, as I, I honestly believe like you know once we we were you know done with the series, we would probably finish our podcast before Revival of F came out. But it turns out that's my, that's probably gonna be our last episode in terms well, of when it comes out. When we started the show, did you think we'd ever do current news? <laughs> uh, we would just be playing catch up. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Like, so that yeah, that's just awesome. Um, 
And uh, I guess uh, what month did Battle of Gods come out in the U.S.? Was it was it May? Um, I remember because I got I actually bought the tickets that for my brother and I to go at the Funimation booth at Comic Con. So it was in I think it was in August. Maybe okay, it was so in July. That's I mean, so we could very well be seeing two Dragon Ball releases in less than a year. <laughs> oh yeah, you're right. That's true. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's crazy. I mean, especially you know, for a series that's been off the air so long, like. I know because uh, with this episode, I, it, we're off the air in uh, Japan and America because it's been like twelve, thirteen years since the the series ended in America, and like we're celebrating the twentieth anniversary of the end of Dragon Ball Z with this episode <laughs> or next few episodes. So uh, it's it's crazy how time th- and th- how timely things work out. Oh yeah, I don't think we could have picked a better time. Uh, absolutely, <laughs> this day of all days is pretty sweet. Oh. Anything else to say about the uh, revival of F uh, news? Uh, no, I mean, I mean uh, well, I guess, uh, I guess has 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 the name actually got became official now? Uh, Resurrection F. Resurrection F is the Funimation English title translated because, like, you know, Japan has a few ways to say different meanings of yeah. words. Like, like, like Re- resurrection, you know, revival. It, they're taking the same meaning. So I believe in the English it will be Resurrection of F, uh, and like, you know, f- I think the original uh, Japanese title is pronounced. I have it here. Uh, it's uh, Fukatsu no F, which is which is the literal pronunciation of the, of the title. And yeah, Resurrectionist, why not? So there you go. Okay, cool. So so either way, it's it's the movie where Freeze is coming back. Absolutely. <clears throat> Same thing. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I mean, other than just gushing about it even more, you know what we've seen, and just to, you know. Positing on what could happen, I, I've got nothing. I, I've got nothing but excitement for the for the, the future of that for that movie. Do you want to head on to the emails? Yes. All right. Oh, oh I just remember one thing. I I do. I I can't confirm this right off the hand. I could probably Google it and look, but I want to say that Frieza's new form has been confirmed for the Xenoverse game. Oh, okay, okay. Let me let me double check that real yeah, quick. Yeah, I'll check this. Frieza new form game. Because I know Xenoverse, Xenoverse is out right now, but there's also downloadable content. So. Yep. Okay. Revival of F DLC. Oh, okay. We have figures. The items contain Dragon Balls. Oh yeah. Okay. So apparently there's bonus items when you buy tickets to the movie. I gotcha. I gotcha. He's he's looking really cooler-ish in the in this new form. I must say. Apparently you can play as Super Saiyan 4 Gogeta. What? Uh, oh, sweet. <laughs> so, why not? Now, I uh, we have a demo of that game at work, and right. I have friends who own that game. I'm determined to buy that because the reviews I've heard of it ha- have been pretty good, mm-hmm. and uh, I've, I've seen some of my friends' characters they made. It's pretty freaking sweet. I- I'm really excited about playing it. Yeah, I've, I've just, just checked out a lot of uh, uh, videos, playthroughs online, but I've not seen too much into the storyline. I have seen, like, you know, you interfering with this, the Frieza, Frieza arc storyline, but uh, it, lo- it looks really fun. I'm definitely going to try to get into that. Yeah, the uh, the storyline of it seems pretty interesting. It's a, it's, it's a, almost a Terminator, Terminator-esque go-back-in-time-and-muck-up-the-storyline, so it's it's a... Usually I'm not big on, on video game storylines as far as adapting media, but right. if you're going to go all out and basically be out of continuity, why not go completely left field, you know? <laughs> it's, it's essentially a big what if, you know, what if this happened in Dragon Ball? 
To save the timeline, Krillin must die. <laughs> Again. Damn it, damn it, damn it, damn it. Oh no, no, I'd be like to save the timeline, Yamcha must live. <laughs> what kind of horrible future is it? <laughs> uh, oh yeah, no, yeah, that's because I know you said you've mentioned you've been playing Xenoverse the last couple days at your job, so sweet. Alright, uh, and moving on to the emails. Our first email uh, is by our friend, Mr. Alex Evangeli. Dear Super Saiyan Grant and Majin Garrett. <laughs> I like that. Oh, yes. Last episode came out unexpectedly quickly after the previous one, which was great, but I'm sad that we're now nearing the end. Unless a certain other anime gets covered later on. Hmm? Uh, I have no idea what he's talking about. Uh, it's, it's Evangelion, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I am in agreement with you that these episodes are a great return to form for the series, with the action heating up and the choreography of the battles being what we love from DBZ. I agree with you that Super Saiyan 2 Goku fighting evenly with Kid Buu is kind of stupid, but personally, I like it because it makes Goku's ascension to Super Saiyan 3 all the more epic. I won't go into too much detail about Spider-Verse, but to throw my two cents in, I thought that the tie-ins were definitely better than the main series for the most part. But the event as a whole was bloated, overhyped, and ended anticlimactically. And that's not even getting into the senseless and repetitive killings, the overpowering of the villains, and the marginalization of the main character himself. <laughs> Any comments, Jesse? <laughs> um, <clears throat> I'll argue that every, uh, every big comic book crossover is overblown and bloated. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I really look at like that as something as compared to something like Secret Wars, the original. Mm-hmm. It's like it, that's the same thing. It's all it's all big budget. It's popcorn comics, you know. And uh, I, I did enjoy the story, but um, you, you can't really say marginalization of the main character. They're all the main character, man. It's all Spider Man's, right? Yeah, I, 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 I've heard the I've heard the yeah, I see what you're saying. I, I've heard the uh, critique that like I'm. T- to briefly get into this, it'll be like a quick thing, uh, that the main Spider-Man, Peter Parker, was marginalized in the main series. I've seen arguments for that. I don't know if I agree with that. A little bit yes, a little bit no. Spider-Verse could have been better, could have been worse. Um, it's not one more day. There we go. No, no, definitely not. <laughs> That's all I'll say. Um, I saw the series, to kind of touch on that marginalization part, I, I saw the series really as a kind of a farewell to the superior Spider-Man character. Yeah, I can see, I can see that, yeah. Because uh, I, I think we saw more growth with him. And uh, then we did – towards the end of his series, and it ultimately makes his quote-unquote sacrifice. Kicking and screaming? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. It, it, it's like, okay, well, he – That's funny. He kind of goes back – or at this point, he, he, he recognizes that he's got to sacrifice himself. He's not happy about it, but yeah, I did love that, that, that turn away. It's like, yeah, you got screwed over. Man. I kind of like that too. You want me to die? Uh, yes? <laughs> uh, sweet. But that, that's for another show. To be honest, I wanted to say more about last episode, but you guys pretty much hit all the relevant points, so I'll just move on to questions. One, this is a long question, so I will get it out of the way first. I was discussing DBZ recently with a certain Mr. Savage, whom I believe is something of a mutual acquaintance of ours. (laughs) Basically, there was a quote about Toriyama which painted him as a lazy writer slash storyteller who didn't necessarily put too much thought or effort into DBZ. The discussion ostensibly boiled down to how much our knowledge of the creator should influence our opinion of their work. In this case, should one choose to believe the quote, should we be more critical, condemnatory of Dragon Ball in knowing Toriyama was apparently not putting as much effort into it? What are both of your two cents on this issue? Is that a word, condemnatory? 
Uh, did I say it correctly? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just kind of did my inventory, yeah. <clears throat> Uh, he he goes on. Uh, do you want me to read his section for you or two cents? Uh, finish up with that paragraph, and we can like you know hit it up before the next one. <clears throat> Personally, I feel that if you know the extenuating circumstances behind the creation of a story, you should take it into account when judging it. E.g., knowing the budgetary limitations of a time, I do not judge 1960s or 1980s Doctor Who harshly for their poor special effects. <laughs> that being said, I also do not feel that knowing something unsavory about a creator is grounds to critique. Sorry, Frank Miller is often accused of being sexist, and while I personally agree with that accusation, this does not mean that I or anyone else should therefore condone the influence and lauded work on Daredevil or 1980s Batman projects. Um, I, let me hit this up uh, before it gets to you real quick. I don't think I don't. I wouldn't say that uh, Toriyama. I wouldn't say that he he didn't put too much thought into Dragon Ball Z as a whole. I mean, we're going I'm, we're going into it, you know, when we finish with the boost, like I'm talking about it retrospectively. But I think saying like, oh, he never put thought thought too much, but he worked on Dragon Ball for like 12 years, you know, and he didn't have to. So uh, I mean, okay, I guess in some ways he did, but you know. But so, yeah, and he's he's obviously came back to it. It's obviously something he cares about. He doesn't he doesn't have to at this point. Yeah, I mean, I think that like there are definitely times where you can get into like the the writing aspects, but I don't tend to let. Uh, okay, first of all, I don't think I would I would say that Toriyama saying he did put it on Shepard and Dragon Ball is patently false. Like like that collectively, you know, you can talk about this or that and the other thing, which we will do. But I, I would never say that. Uh, secondly, I don't tend to let creators' pers- uh, you know background influence the work too much, un- unless you know it adds to my experience. Like uh, like last week, I was reading an, an old interview with uh, Kelly Puckett who who uh, wrote my favorite run of uh, the Cassandra Kane Batgirl comic, and he said even by issue 19, he still had no connection or identification with the, the main character. He had no idea what made her tick, which was kind of surprising me because I thought that, like, uh, the characterization was so well done, but that, I can't let that, you know, just because a writer doesn't know, uh, you know, a connection to a character, doesn't that doesn't erase your own connection to the character. So I don't think that, like, you know, how a writer is in and of him or herself should influence how you take to the character or the story itself. What do you think? It's it's often like a you know you hear an actor will get cast in a comic book movie and they'll be like oh I've been a fan of the character forever right and that that's the given response you want want to hear and then if an actor comes out and says oh you know I'm I've never read it before or I've done this or that it's it's like it isn't as genuine it's like no I I don't need that that connection to the the person behind the role the person bringing the entertainment to me. I the I don't think Toriyama was obviously lazy at all. I, I think that's just that's how he creates. Certain people write differently. Certain people are very anal and very attentive about everything. You know, you look at like a, mm-hmm. like a J.R.R. Tolkien. The guy would rewrite the book every time he didn't. He he would literally start back from page one every time he he messed up against a continuity error. That doesn't mm. mean that he cares more than Toriyama ever did about anything he created. That's just what he chose to focus on in his writing. You know, Tor- Toriyama writes a different style of story than I think the people who are going to nitpick to that extent would would generally be used to. I don't think it says, don't think it says anything about the quality, just how he's attuned to writing it, especially because it's something he created. You can't tell him he's doing it poorly. 
Yeah, he's a soul. He is this. When it comes to like the comic book, and it, obviously the anime extremely closely follows the comic book. Like when it comes to the original manga, which the story is taken from, you can't look at anybody else but him. He's writing and, and drawing it. And uh, so yeah, so I, I get I get pretty defensive when people like to give creators crap. Like oh, you especially with their own their own creations. Oh, you ruined this. It's like. I, it's like really you could you could be a little more grateful or you could be a little more a little more <laughs> understanding, understanding. Yeah, it's like you know like uh, someone like uh, George Lucas oh you ruined this it's like he created that it's right. like yeah you may not like the direction it goes but it's still just as valid and and on, and like I know hey Toriyama can write a lot better than I can he can he can create fiction much better than I can like so. I, I don't like playing, you know, armchair quarterback with, with, you know, with fantasy and with creations because I'm not a writer, mm-hmm. and especially on, a, on right. a deadline such as he's on or he was on, you know, for yeah. that long amount of time, that does create its own, we, that does create its own, uh, you know, hindrances. Weekly Shonen Jump is where this was published. He put out chapters weekly for years. Now I, as far as you know, put, putting that into influence when, when something's created. I'm on two minds of that because a low budget movie or a low budget book or a tight schedule book can come out and be good and or bad. It, mm-hmm. it all depends on on the creator and what what they're going for. And I think, right. honestly, like he he did as good a job as I can imagine anybody else doing with with the you know the scheduling. We're writing that weekly. Mm-hmm. I, I, I plan to get into, like, you know, the writing of the boost, like, when we, when we reach the end of it. I really do, because I would say I, I didn't like certain aspects, but just the idea that, like, he's on, you know, he's a very forgetful writer, I can't say that, but he's not, like, a lazy writer. I think that's just patently false. That's just, that's just, that's just, uh, that's just spi- aspiring to put forth an agenda that doesn't really work in real life, I don't think. Yeah. But that's all yeah, I'll say and about I that. I think, you know, you say he's a lazy writer, it's like, well, yeah, that's that's just that's his that's a, a element of his style. That's what you come to expect when you when you go into reading something he's written. And I think to to willingly say, I'm, okay, I'm going to read some Akira Toriyama stuff, some Dragon Ball stuff, and to expect it after after already knowing that, it's like, well, then then mm-hmm. you're just you're wanting to have your cake and eat it too. You're wanting to change what yeah. the story brings you know to you itself. Into. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. Um, right. Yeah, and as far as as far as the characters, uh, the creators' own personal beliefs, I don't try to let it influence me like ever, unless it is just so blatantly obvious, like like they're preaching to you, or they're they're trying to where it where their opinions bleed through the the storyline and their the fiction until it's propaganda, you know. At that point, yeah. But other than that, I I I like to look at a story as its own face value. Absolutely. <clears throat> So I think we answered that that one question. <laughs> pretty long. Uh, next one. He <laughs> <clears throat> says, Jesse, now that you've ostensibly reached the end of Dragon Ball Z, looking back, do you think your perception and appreciation of the show has changed compared to when you began this retrospective? Absolutely, on both counts. <clears throat> because I think I, before I could have probably told you the basic storyline and hit up – I was familiar with with the big points. It's like okay, they go to this planet, Namek stuff happens. They fight this other guy, Cell stuff happens. <laughs> but uh, the perception really is, you know, the people fighting, people charging up for three episodes, and without having seen the series whole, 
you, you don't get a lot of the character beats. You don't get a lot of the intricacies of the characters that are there, you know, that I think can be painted mm-hmm. with broad strokes to the general audience. But uh, I, I think these characters are extremely fleshed out and very likable for the most for the most part. And, and and even, you know, the quote unquote bad characters are still great. Like Yamcha is still a character that is entertaining <laughs> as hell, you know. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, that's not like he's the first one you went to for a bad character. That's what makes me laugh. <laughs> but go ahead. Well, go even ahead. you know, even uh, I'm trying to think of like a legitimately underdeveloped character, like uh, you know, the the could be a handful of those. <laughs> like uh, let's see, Android eight, I think no, nineteen was nineteen Juro or was nineteen. Uh, 19 was the clown, and Jero was yeah, the clown. He wasn't that well developed. He's still right. memorable, you know, and he and he still mm-hmm. served a purpose. He was definitely wasn't, you know, didn't deter from anything. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. He served a purpose. He was memorable in his, his appearance, and you're not mad that you know he didn't give a lot of character development. Yeah, so I think that that that's something I couldn't have gotten out of the show, and I I would have probably never expected out of the show before having having watched all of it. Excellent, excellent. Uh oh, Don. Same question. Thought you were, <laughs> though you were obviously more familiar with the show. Yeah, that's a good perspective. I want to hear how your opinions changed watching through it. Um, I let's see. Um, near the end of the show, I think th- one thing I'll say, that, and it's actually because like we were kind of watching it differently because for the most part we were watching uh, Dragon Ball Kai, which basically tells the same story, but it was kind of a different lens. And then we were watching the original show now. I think that, like, uh, some of the parts I liked, when, when I thought, started thinking about why I like them, I liked them a lot more. And uh, I'll say this, the, the, well, I don't, I don't want to talk about the boots I just yet, I want to see if that's what you get to the review. But um, the parts I liked, I really liked, and the parts I didn't care for, I ended up really disliking. And I'll, I'll, get, I'll get into more on that in the boot arc, but that's, a, that's just what I'll say, like, you know, like, like as I get older... I really do appreciate the the aspects of the show that I do enjoy, like like the cool fight scenes and power ups, and uh, and I, th- I think also I really appreciate a lot of the side characters a lot more. Um, like I, I have a new appreciation for like Chi Chi and Boma that I just did not have as a oh, child. Yeah. I could definitely see that. And I think it's just because like of the of the broader perspective that bring, that you have when it comes to like well, what what's going through these characters' heads when you know when they when their family goes off to fight and that kind of stuff. They do kind of show every now and then. Now, do you think that? You, so you think you've gained a, a better appreciation, just just as watching mm-hmm. as someone older. Is there anything you like less or more than you did the last time you viewed it? Um, I really don't like uh, some of these utilizations of characters. I, I've just never gone around to appreciate like, I liking that. And Torma just does that all the time. Like you know, like, like Puar and Oolong were main supporting characters at the beginning of Dragon Ball. And now they're like they're like window dressing. You know, you don't know why yeah, they're they, there they or what they're even doing. Every third or fourth episode in the background. Yeah, just just to you know sweat and, and, and look scared. It's, it's, yeah, at that point it's like it's like he even he remembers. You know, hey, they're main characters, so uh, here they are. It's like that's not doing the character justice. Just just exclude well, it, at that point. It's, it grows because like you know it grows into it's, it it seeps into other characters like like Krillin, Tien, Yamcha to the point now where like you know we talk about Gohan at the end which which is like you know the final nail in that coffin. So I I really can't get behind that. But um, I mean because so, some of these questions that we'll probably hit up when we get a, a big retrospective episode. So yeah. I don't want to be too forthcoming. 
But uh, you know, for now, I'll, I'll just I'll just say what I just said, and <laughs> that'll serve for the answer. Yeah, I don't I don't like it, like you were saying. I don't want to kind of spill all my beans too early, but I think it, it, I do enjoy getting these questions and kind of beginning to get my my feelings together on the show because it, it, it it's coming to an end, and that's uh, that's that's a lot to think this- back to. It's three years worth of show to to go back and. And remember, because of course, anytime I watch Dragon Ball now, it's going to be tied to this show. It's going to be tied to my experiences talking oh, yes. about it here. And because it, it's kind of like a, if I go to the theater and watch a movie, it doesn't become real until walking out of the theater talking to it with your friends. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. So that's it's like okay, I watch this, but let me go see what Don has to say about it. You know, it's 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 <laughs> it's it's almost like the uh, you know in high school talking to your friends about the newest show or newest movie by your lockers. Mm-hmm. Yes, because part part of a broader experience. Yeah. It's, it's like it's going to be stuck. It's going to have the association with this, and it's going to help it be more memorable to me. Absolutely. <clears throat> His fourth question. Don, perhaps you'll be covering the same ground here as when the last question, but if you do experience Dragon Ball Z for the first time, now do you think you would feel the same way about as you did as a younger person? Um, I, I, no, you know, I don't think so because when I was a young person, like, idea of Dragon Ball Z was so new to me and a lot of other people, and even if I were coming up with it fresh, I would imagine because I had heard about Dragon Ball Z. This, you know, for so many years, the stereotypes probably would like seep into my brain. Where like it would be harder for me to appreciate it for what it is. I probably would appreciate it, but knowing myself, there's no way I would like love it as much as I do and did as a kid. Where like everything was just like the, the, the craziest, most epic awesomeness in human creation. So like, I, there's no way that like I can compare the experiences. Absolutely. Yeah, I don't not. think that's a feeling you can ever get back or you can ever recreate. Absolutely. I think. I think. No, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's something that can be re- duplicated. And this this podcast is is almost like not totally intentionally, but it, it's somewhat sort of like an investigation of my love for it as a kid. Because I knew I loved it as a kid, like you know. But doing podcasts, I like to investigate, you know, what serves these feelings. Is it just you know? It can't just be like you know the fighting and the screaming. And exactly. Yeah. Because <laughs> you know, I, 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 any, anybody with a brain would get tired of that. It, yeah, so what is it about Dragon Ball? Cathartic, you know, it's like, hey, look, this was a big part of my childhood as far as my entertainment and what I, my fandom. I want to know why. I want to you know reevaluate that. Absolutely. That's what our podcasts yeah. do. That's, that's what the majority of podcasts that I, I listen to do as well. Now I have a question. This this uh, we'll call this question number uh, five and a half via Jesse. Uh, <clears throat> have you ever had the the experience I have here? Have you ever done the opposite approach, or do you have any experience with you know being being in, not necessarily drug into but exposed to a fandom that you were kind of kind of in the dark about from someone else? Um, well, you know, you know, Josh yeah. Bertoni, like, you know, he, he's a big Star Wars fan. And I, you know, I, I watch the films as a mainstream audience member. I've just, I've never really, like, like thrown myself into, like, the Star Wars universe. Um, I've never, like, you know, gotten involved with the comics or the cartoons or anything. I just, you know, just, it's just not, it's not that I have, I have any antipathy for. It's just, you know, not something that, like, interests me. So, like, whenever he's telling me about, like, you know, well, Marvel has the Star Wars comics now, or this is what happened in this one, and in this comic, Admiral Akbar was wanted for treason, I do find it very entertaining, because, like, the expanse of the universe, like, 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 the, like, the exploration of the franchise and deeper levels of media is interesting. So, 
I guess if we're talking about Star Wars, like while well, comparing that, I don't have as much interest to follow it. I do. Whenever I learn more about it, I do find that interesting and entertaining. I I can definitely see where that's coming from because uh, I know a lot of instances like that. Uh, like I, I have friends who are very big into wrestling, like professional wrestling, and I liked it as a kid, oh, yeah. obviously. And I absolutely love to hear them talk about it, or to mm-hmm. even watch TV shows about wrestling. But I don't, I don't enjoy the watching of it. I just, I like to hear about all the background stuff and hear their enjoyment of it. You know, it's, it's like hearing how much they like it and how much they're geeking out of it is, it's like, you know, geek by proxy. Absolutely, yeah, totally. Um, you know, and some, some, some things I do get into some things a little bit later. Like I, you know, when the office ended, I just happened to like start that show right when it ended. Um, you know, I got, I got into Doctor Who in between the tenth and eleventh Doctors. You know, I got to NGE. Uh, 20 years after after the show was popular, so like I I do tend to latch on to shows later on, but some shows that or franchises that I'm not a part of, it's interesting to me like see the fandom get into it that way. Because yeah, yeah, I was just uh, I I'm this is I'm sure this came up on the show before. I'm just I'm just interested to see if you'd ever you've ever been on the other end of the you know the the perspective here of having you know some you know the tutor somebody somebody exposing you to another fandom. Well, uh, with Dragon Ball Z, like. Uh, like I was, I, I had, I had like my cousin, my cousin Jonathan, had had a faster internet connection than I did, and he would just like tell me stuff that would happen. Like I'll, I'll be told a lot of what happens about Dragon Ball Z. A lot of the boost I got was like was spoiled for me years in advance. Like you know, this happens and this happens, this happens, and then half of it would be like said wrong. Like you know how you, yeah. you say one thing and then another person says the other thing and it becomes something different. So that would that would be like anticipating. So I knew like you know the broad strokes of what happened in the boost I got, but but hearing about it and the anticipation and seeing it really built up the fandom for me. So, in a way, I kind of did have that, like, you know, someone tells you this happens, and I see a vague image of Vegeta with a halo. I'm like, oh my god, this is nothing like I've <laughs> ever seen before in the Saiyan saga. What's this about? So, it's, it's interesting how, like, such a little thing can spark a lot of enthusiasm for a very young and <laughs> nubile mind. <laughs> oh, yeah, def- oh, I definitely agree. Especially, you know, back then in the dark days where, where it, oh, it, yes. it wasn't as easy to learn everything. And I have something you did learn, but did not turn out to be true. Super Saiyan 8, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> Dragon Ball AF. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, yes. Yeah, so that's that's another thing. Is that, yeah, I, I like the idea of, uh, to continue with with the tangent there, I, I like the idea of uh, just seeing, you know, if – I'm interesting. I, you know, I wish I could – and I, I might do this. I might go back through the episodes, through the show, you know, while we wind down to, our, I guess, our, our retrospectives. And just see how your opinion changes because I've I've only ever been able to look at it from my perspective, but yours I think is just as valid, especially mm-hmm. contrasting it next to mine, and that's what I think one of the things that works so so well. Yeah, it's 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 a. Uh, I mean, I I I said threw my hands and said pretty much that like the approach of like the expert and the newbie getting into it isn't exactly original because I, I heard you know from Baron Inside, and then later on uh, Vegito EX emailed us. Say like you know they did the same thing on their uh, manga's reviews of Awesomeness on their Kazenshi uh, podcast, which is you know, fair enough. I, I didn't know about the time. I've, I've since gone back and listened to a lot of it. So it's it's but it's it's still a very valuable experience to have for a franchise. I think. Oh, I mean, it's yeah, it's definitely not unique. Like, obviously, it's I think it, it's a it's a format that works, but I, I do agree that it's a it's a format that's rarer than just you know the I guess the the whole fan panel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
Which, which is a very valid format also, but it, it's, it's just a different dynamic. It's also good because I know that, like, I, I think, I'm pretty sure, I don't, I don't, you know, I might be excluding some shows I'm just not aware of, but in terms of, like, uh, what I've been aware of of iTunes, it's basically us and the Constantry podcast, and then it's pretty much it. Like, I know there's, like, like there's, like, DBZ Ladies Talk podcast, which is a Spanish show that I'm not sure it continues or, or whatever, but... I don't know, like, like there's no other show that's been continuing as much as we have. Now, Constitution's been out since like, 2006, so they beat us in terms of longevity, but in terms of like, what the shows that people listen to, it's like, we're, we're like the only ones in like, you know, the current internet stratosphere that I'm aware of Which is still hard to believe. Yeah, I don't get that. I, <laughs> Dragon Ball was very popular. I was surprised that like, no one else was on it. That's, I mean, that's, you know, Dragon Ball's the anime. You, you know, the manga. It's It's... It's it's weird. It's it's uh it's odd that there's not more. Like I honestly I assume there was when we started the show and and there hasn't been. You know, it's it's interesting. <clears throat> so oh, yes. we'll continue on with this email. <laughs> this first yeah, email. Oh, yeah, <laughs> this will be a long one. <laughs> but, now that you've encountered all the major DBZ villains, is there an idea for a villain that you guys think the series could have potentially touched upon but never did? <laughs> that's a tough, that's a really tough one because. That's a good question. I'm, I'm trying to go broad here with just like an idea for a villain as opposed to, oh, well, a character named this, this, and this. Because we've really run the gambit. A lot of them are similar. Of them are similar <laughs> but then also you've got you, – you start the series off with Vegeta and Nappa and Raditz and right. you know, the, these – Saiyan say, bullies. Yeah, basically, basically intergalactic mobsters, hitman. And yep. you end it with a wizard and a genie. That's pretty far apart. Um, you do the whole like 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 a sci-fi clone biological experiment thing. You do the intergalactic dictator. We've done like you know the uh, the exiled guy out for revenge in Brawley, which I really like personally. We've done the mad scientist in World's Strongest. We've done the despot in Garlic Junior. Uh, I, I guess this is a good question for Toriyama as well, because, like, you know, what else can Toriyama add besides, like, you know, bringing in, like, you know, another dimensional god in Battle of Gods, so... I, I don't have an answer to this. Well, I, yeah, he, I'm he, kind he of did, I mean, with Battle of the Gods, you kind of had the Agent of Chaos, the... Yeah, totally, yeah. So... God of Destruction. Yeah, I, I really don't know. I'm at a loss, because, um, I, I'm tempted to say, you know, I'd like to see more... Uh, I could, I could see more human, or more Earth-based... But then, well, you've got Dragon Ball itself, which, which, from wh- what I understand, is essentially just that for a large portion. Yeah, of it. It, it, like, like the Red Ribbon Army were just completely just humans, you know, douchebags. Like they were not anything spectacular. Other, you know, some of them could fight. And it, it um, also and they, it'd also be very hard to go from Saiyans, Frieza, Namek to something less than that, weaker, or something, you know, more, yeah, more, yeah, yeah, more Earth based. I think they did as well as they could with the androids. Uh, that's that's still kind of bringing it back home. But in in a way that worked to the, to a large extent. So yeah, I, I don't mm-hmm. I don't know, man. Uh, I'd like to hear if you have any ideas. Uh, I don't. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> uh. But um, I hopefully you know hopefully uh, Resurrection F will will bring something new to the table. Yeah, even with you know something old as old as Frieza. But it looks like they're they're putting a spin on on that familiar character. So yeah, totally. <clears throat> Whilst you guys technically haven't finished the entire DBZ series yet, 
Do you feel that the series should have ended with any of the earlier sagas? And if so, which ones? Um, I don't, again, I don't want to get too into this, because that's very much like a retrospective, uh, these are good questions, by the way, I don't, I don't dislike the questions, but like, uh, I don't want to get too forthcoming with this. I've, we've mentioned that the Cell games ended very definitively, so that's in the conversation, but I'll, I'll just reference that and not get too far into the question. Well, how do you feel um, about that, Jesse? All I'll say is that I think it could have ended, I don't think it should have. It could have ended, it could have ended okay. very well, um, but I'm happy that it didn't. All things considered. Okay. Yeah, because yeah, like you know, in a couple of those time, we will you know cover like when Tarma actually does in the series, which by trolling the fan base, <laughs> as he often likes to do. Don, do you see the dragon? Do you see Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z as true two truly separate entities? For myself, in looking back at both shows, I see them as a sim- single entity, simply branded differently. Dragon Ball started out very differently from what we know of DBZ. But in rewatching it, you can see it gradually evolve in what we first see at the end, at the start of the Saiyan saga. Well, until Goku acts like a good parent, make mine my. Oh friend. yes, <laughs> thank you, Alex. Um, you know, just based on my fandom, my generation of fandom, and my the country I grew up in. Excuse me. Um, it's hard for me to look at Dragon Ball Z and see that as a continuing story, like legitimate continuing story of Dragon Ball, because Dragon Ball, again, in Japan. The original Toriyama content from the start of Dragon Ball in 1984 to the end of the Dragon Ball Z story in 1995, 96, 95. That's all Dragon Ball. The anime splits off into between Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z, which we started with the beginning of Dragon Ball Z. It's hard for me to not abide by the anime's distillation of the series. I know it's all Dragon Ball, but it's hard for me to watch an episode of Dragon Ball and then watch an episode of Dragon Ball Z and maintain that this is... This, I mean, it obviously is the same, same continuing uh, through line, but the tones are so different that it's hard for me to ignore that. But I, I, think I can just about see it as one entity, but I, I totally see it as two. It almost seems like uh, the difference between saying uh, a movie is part one and part two of a movie or a sequel to a movie. You know, they'll, they'll sound the same, but they're, they're generally, if done correctly, there's a, there's a difference between the two. Is it, is it the continuation of one single story, or is it taking familiar characters and putting them in a new situation? Mm-hmm. And, and obviously I can't speak to it because I haven't seen Dragon Ball. But. <laughs> well, if, a lot of people want us to do it, so you never know. Um, I, I, I'll, again, I'll probably talk about that again at the, when we reach the Boo arc. Um, thank you very much, Alex. Our ne- after that 27-minute... 20, <laughs> Uh, email. Thanks for the content, Alex. This might be a two-part episode. I, I, I'm, I'm thinking that. <laughs> it depends. Because our next email is from Daniel Yarbrough. <laughs> oh, Lord. Uh, let me take this one. Oh, as I rub my hands. Uh, uh, subtitle, what do you mean it's already near the end? Question mark, exclamation point. Uh, <clears throat> Daniel writes, and this is a good one, so I don't, uh, bear with me if I, if I take a bit long with it. Daniel writes, hello, Jesse and Donovan. Where did the time go? I blinked and suddenly it's been months since I've written this email and behind three episodes. Five if you count the email anniversary episodes. Well, time sure flies. Heck, it only seems like yesterday I was listening to you guys talk about the Saiyan Saga and now you're at the end of the Boo Saga. Well, it may not be over, but let me say now before I get lazy and miss out on emailing future episodes, it has been a lot of fun listening to you guys cover the series. Thank you very much. Oh, thanks. <laughs> now let's get on to this email. It's been have a lot of fun having you listen to the series. Absolutely. It's, 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 been a, it's added to the experience. <clears throat> Now let's get on to this email because there is a lot to cover. 
Though honestly, I, I think I've agreed with about ninety percent of what you guys had to say. A lot of times, I think I've, I think of something I'd like to say, and one of you would bring it up. And although my opinion is not nearly as critical as you two, especially you, Donovan, <laughs> I understand if not right, not outright agree with the, every criticism you had. So that's it for this email. No, of course not. I have a reputation to uphold here. <laughs> the Mystic Gohan slash Super Boo fight is one of my favorite moments in the series. Gohan owning Boo and pounding him into the ground is so satisfying after all the death and destruction. We see Gohan be, being the kind of confident and intelligent fighter that he always was capable of becoming. It's interesting to see the subtle differences in fighting style between Gohan at the stage and Goku when he's been in these kinds of fights. Really, the only down part of this whole thing is that it ends too soon. Whenever we watch this part, Maria likes to point out that Gohan is beaten because of his overconfidence in himself and underestimating his opponent, just like when he fought Cell, and Cell threatened to blow up the entire planet. And once again, Goku has to teleport him, teleport in, and save him from getting killed. That fact, the fact that the victory spotlight in the series is basically stolen from Gohan is the biggest crime of the entire series. I'll say one more of this in a minute, but as much as I enjoyed the Busaka, this is the part I always cringe at and wish it had gone down differently. Absolutely. Now... The old Kai never, suddenly giving Goku his life and handing over to the ring, earrings never bothered me. To me, this seemed like the things that were options that you only bring up when you had no other choice. I mean, one is giving up his own life for someone else to, to live. Even if the comedy of the scene and DBZ's afterlife takes away the impact, he still did give his life. And the earrings are a permanent fusion, basically asking two people to give up their lives to create another one. Not exactly something you'd ask a per, uh, someone to do lightly. Well, except for asking Kaioshin and Kabito to do it without telling them. Maybe he was just really mad at them for leaving the sword all these years. Dick move, <laughs> old Kai, dick Absolutely. move. Absolutely. But these are things that you would not really bring up less unless you had no other choice. So it doesn't really bother me. And since Donovan asked, yeah, I don't really care for Vegeta's return. It's not his returning, but like it's his whole hissy fit that bothers me. It's why I find it hard to think that the character has grown or changed. So there is a legitimate reason for her to be mad at Goku for lying to him. But after everything, everything that's happened, he still cares about his pride and his ego uh, more so than saving his fam family and friends. Yeah, Goku gives him a, a good speech, and it's easy to convince him. But the fact that Vegeta still needs to be uh, convinced at this point that he still has to get a hold of himself and his pride bothers me. Uh, as for the big fusion of Vegeta, it's funny. Uh, you look you look at his powers, his personality. Yeah, this this fight and part of the story somehow simultaneously drags on while being short lived and it's pointless. I do like Vegeta as a character, but I wish I could skip through most of this fight. Though a piece of candy being the crap out of Boo always cracks me up. And this brings me to a question: Is the problem with this fight that we are? We, is the problem with this fight is that we've already seen this kind of fight before? The fight we know where opponents with massive strength face off against and counter move the other opponent battle dozen over dozens of times over. Will this be more epic? Have we not already gone through the, the fight with Saiyans, Frieza, and Androids? Um, maybe. <laughs> Probably, actually. Uh, we have seen a lot of overpowered fights. Uh, last thing I have to say on this fight is that Boo getting a cut that looks like a vagina. It's, it's just something I've never noticed. To me, to me, maybe that says more about you guys than it does the animators. Well. <laughs> no. no. Uh, possibly, but... Come on. <laughs> Come on. Look at it. Look at it, y'all, bro. I'm shaking you by the collar. It could not be unseen. I, 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 I stick by that, quite quite honestly. On a note of some filler bits here, last time I watched these episodes, I, got, I really got a kick out of Dende and Mr. Satan. They might as well have started as a 70s-style buddy cop show starring these two called Kami and Satan Private Eyes. I just picture them driving around in a topless muscle car with Satan jumping up in his seat and shooting his gun out at criminals while Dende drives. Sweet. 
Otherwise, I really hate the filler scene of Adele and the other other ladies in the afterlife. The forced shipping that in that bit really makes me cringe with the dialogue just hammering you guys over the head with the idea that Gohan and Videl are meant for each other. I know it's a small filler bit, for, but for some reason it grinds me the wrong way. Going off of a question another Z-Miller asked you, now that this time you guys have seen the end of Evil Kid Boo, who do you think is more evil, Boo or Frieza? Um, yeah, we, we talked about this last month. I, I, I still maintain that like because Frieza wasn't created, he was born as, as a natural being, I, I still kind of stick with him. Yeah, even at his most evil, Boo is still ultimately mi- kind of mindless. Yeah. Whereas Frieza is much more deliberate and... Sentient. Yes, and yeah, deliberate with his evilness as opposed to just... I, I, I guess, yeah, deliberate is the word. Sentient. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I might say with Frieza. Although, you know, Kid Boo does get me wrong for his money. Vegeta and Goku inside Boo is a really weird bit of filler that I find funny and annoying. I'd be less annoyed if there wasn't so many other places you could try to squeeze out extra episodes. Gohan only gets one episode of being Mon Maja Boo, but we get four episodes of Goku and Vegeta's bogus journey through Boo's bowels. The episodes do give me a, be- a weird bit of nostalgia because it was the first bit of footage from the Boo saga I ever really saw. I was at Wizard World Comic Con Convention in Chicago, and someone selling a bunch of bootleg videos had it playing on a TV on their table. I didn't buy any, but I walked by a couple of times to, to watch the screen and just see what the heck was going on with Goku and Vegeta and some kind of giant worm. Vegeta getting rid of his rid of his eerie is the more arrogant pride of Vegeta that I hate. Part of me again wants to say this is an example of the character not growing, but at the same time, it's just it's such a Vegeta move that it's kind of hard for me to be mad about it. Jesse's theory on what Toriyama might have been thinking about while writing is close to my own. I've actually thought about it much, and this is my own fan theory about how Dragon Ball Z ended up the way it did. See, I think from at least the moment Majin Buu shows up, Akira Toriyama actually had a plan for how the rest of the story would go. Fat Buu would eventually ch- ch- change, oh, sorry, have a change of heart and not kill anymore. That Goku would show Goten and Trunks about Fusion and Super Saiyan 3 so they could fight Buu and Gohan would come in the last minute and face off Buu. All the details may not have been there, but given his writing style, I think the basic plan was there, and you could see the pieces set up for throughout later chapters. And I think that Gohan was intended to be the hero uh, at the end of the story. I know Toriyama is quoted saying that Gohan didn't work as the main protagonist, but this is a polite way of him addressing it without blaming his editors or the fan base or whatever it was that forced him to change his mind. I do think something forced him to change the story, and I think that happens around the time Fat Boo becomes Super Boo. This is why the Boo and Goten's fight is as comical as stretch out as much as, as it is. While he's working on the fight, he's got to figure out how to change his ending, so he's got to stall for time. And maybe he's even he's kind of mad about being forced to make the changes to his story, so he's trying to have fun with it by adding jokes and mocking the tropes of the series that he's annoyed at the moment. So he's as he's drawing the, all this, he's got to figure out how to make Goku the hero again, and how to make him an even match for Boo. Let's have fun with the fusion, so why not do it with Goku? He can't fuse him with Gohan, so let's bring back Vegeta. But there's not much time to learn the fusion dance, so let's use a different type of fusion for the character. So get the earrings. Of course, now that he has a uh, plan in mind, he's got to rush through Gohan's fight, get over it quickly, and find a way to put Gohan and Gotenks out of the picture so Goku and Vegeta takes the center stage. Hey, if Boo can somehow fuse with them, that'll take them out and make him strong enough to face Goku and Vegeta. So now Boo is able to absorb people. Vegeta, he doesn't think Vegeta should uh, end the fight with the story, so he gives him time to solve the story, and then he'll think of a way to make Goku the hero again. I'm not sure how the idea of Kid Boo comes into this, but he may just want a new final form of Boo for the finale. But once that is, that's down, he figures out a way to put Gohan, Goten, and Trunks out of the fight permanently and set the stage for the end of the story. This is all my theory on how things went down and what his thought process might have been. I have no proof of this, but it seems reasonable to me. Um, I, I think that a lot of that sounds pretty sound. Um, I think that uh, one, it's, it's, it's incontrovertible that Gohan was meant to be the hero for the rest of the series. That's that's not a theory. That is a fact. I mean, he says that. He says he, he didn't mean for Gohan to be the hero and says that he was, uh, quote-unquote, ill-suited for the role, so he brought back Goku. You know, that you can, 
people have endlessly debated on what exactly that means, but um, my thing is that like by Vegito, it's it's Pat is clearly obvious that he's uh, uh, killing time to figure out how to end the series, and he doesn't know where where it's going at that point. So um, I think that's that that's pretty obvious to me. Of course, we don't know this for a fact, but I, I think I can pretty much surmise that. Um, what do you think about his uh, theory, just in terms of how the boot cycle was written? Uh, I agree with a lot of it. I mean, a lot of it is is positing correct. I think correctly and and logically. And I think that's where you get the accusation that he's, that Toriyama's lazy, uh-huh. so, like trying to figure out what to do. You know, when you when you suppose that he's stalling with with Gito. It's like I don't think he's stalling because he's lazy. He's I think he's trying. Right. He, he, it's just it's <clears throat> you know that goes back to the schedule and the time frame he's working with. It's it's not that e- can't be easy to figure out and to have all these kind of balls in the air juggling and make it work as well as it has. I still think is a pretty good feat. Yeah, I agree. Um, again, I'll talk about the writing at the end, but uh, well, right, that's a good point to bring up now. He damn continues. One note: I dis- I agree with all the dislike for Gohan and the others' deaths is here with the destruction of Earth. The whole thing just makes me sadder that that does anger because there was so much potential for these characters and it's tossed aside to make Goku and Vegeta the stars of the story. But while I don't like that element of the story, I do understand it. You can't have Gohan, Goten, and Trunks stay alive and have the ending we get. Gohan would be able to wipe the floor with a kid boot, and Goten said most likely too. Toriyama had to take these characters off the table completely, and to give credit where credit's due, he managed to remove them with a surprise, intense bit of storytelling. It may not have the emotional weight some other death moments would have had in the series, but but that's not what it's meant for, the, and it's just meant for to get the players off the field. I'd also disagree with the guys that Cook and Vegeta don't react to their son's deaths. I thought the reaction we got from them was good and fit the story, the situation they're in. They're obviously upset by the whole ordeal, but they know Boo isn't dead yet, so they have to move on quickly and come up with their next plan. Goku and Vegeta choosing to not fuse is another one of those conflicting elements of the story. It's easy to argue that not fusing is incredibly stupid and short-sighted of our heroes. The monster just destroyed the planet, you should be doing everything you can to stop him. On the other hand, it's completely in character for Goku and Vegeta to do things the hard way for some sense of fighting honor. Fight, for some sense of fighting honor. Also, Toriyama obviously doesn't want to use the fusion to end the fight, so he's got to have the characters make this choice so that things will go the way they do for the rest of the fight. To be fair, Goku's character, I always took it that he makes the decision to not use the earrings because he knows Vegeta's just going to crush it anyway, so he might as well say no first. Vegeta's speech about Goku always confused me, and now I'm not really sure why. I think it might have just been bad fan translations or something because I never remember it. I don't, I don't really understood what Vegeta was getting at in his praise and descriptions of Goku and his motives. Now, it's very clear and understandable. I would say that there is, this is the part where I get more on board with the idea that Vegeta has finally grown as a character, even though he seems to admit his motivation still suffers pride. So, yeah, I finally come around to the idea that the character does grow, but sometimes the changes were a little too subtle. Well, I think that's all the main points I wanted to bring up with you guys. It's been a long saga, and here you are at the end of it. It's funny that a lot of parts you guys have really enjoyed, things like the Majin Vegeta arc and Boo and Mr. Satan's domestic drama, are parts I tend to dislike and want to skip over. Where things like Gohan's training or the Goten's bits are things I tend to enjoy, you guys didn't really care for it, to put it mildly. Even the story element here at the end of that the three of us and the rest of the listeners have commented on all seem to be agree on disliking the death of Gohan, Goten, Trunks, and Piccolo. I have to wonder if this is all a cultural objection. This goes back to a discussion you guys hit on when talking about Gohan getting beaten by Boo and the Japanese fandom all about Goku, so it's easy to see where they would not accept Gohan, Gohan being the hero at the end of the series. 
American fans in other countries that primarily watch Dragon Ball Z to look at it more as Gohan's story and want to see him take the reins as the main character. A statement that I thought was that rings true was because if you look at it, Gohan ever since the fight with Boo, he has taken a far backseat to Goku and Vegeta in GT and the Goku and his first return special and a Battle of Gods. He is a third string character and I don't think it would be so if the Japanese fandom had any problem with it. But there doesn't seem to be any outcry against Gohan never living up to his promised potential in this story. It makes me wonder if this is a podcast made by Japanese fans going over the series, if they would look at it part of the story and excuse me, part of the story and cheering that. Finally, this is where the series gets back on track and Goku is the focus again. Me, I find that outcome to be sad and disappointing as a fan. But that doesn't take, take away from the enjoyment of the last battle of the with Boo or the saga as a whole. And I still put the Boo saga as my favorite of the Dragon Ball Z. For in interesting places, we find our characters at the beginning of the saga, the emotional impact Goku's return has, and for the unsuspected surprises that the villains in the fight bring to the story. When I picture Dragon Ball Z in my mind, this is this is the saga I think of, for better or worse. And I look forward to hearing what you guys have to say about the final battle with Boo, and eventually you wrap ups, you wrapping up the saga and Dragon Ball Z as a whole. Keep it up, guys. One more Kamehameha push, and you are all clear. Sincerely, Daniel Yarborough. P.S. Forget to go. Forget going on to a Dragon Ball podcast. I think it's clear the next podcast you guys should tackle is making it Moon Prism Podcast, covering all of Sailor Moon from the beginning. Only two American guys who have made it through Dragon Ball Z can tackle all the sparkling rainbow-colored power of a 14-year-old Japanese girl and her friends. Thank you very much, Daniel. I, I do agree with the, the point to an extent of it being a, a different perspective, being American audiences. Uh, but I, I think it has a lot to do with the... The U.S. separation of Dragon Ball with Dragon Ball Z, because, for instance, like me coming in at Dragon Ball Z, Goku's an adult. <clears throat> we don't grow with him as much as we do Gohan. Right. L- looking looking at it at the macro level, we, we see and during this section of the overall Dragon Ball story, we see Gohan grow up, and we can relate to him more, and he's the focal point of a lot of the story. Whereas if you're taking Dragon Ball itself into account – as the as the first section or the first couple chapters of the overall story, you, you, it takes a much broader aspect because you see Goku grow up, mm-hmm. become a father, and see his son grow up. So you can kind of relate Gohan right back to him at that point, whereas I don't think that's as easy to do if you've only seen Z. One thing I wanted to bring up, and I, and I kind of wanted to hold off on this until we talked about like you know the, like the big series, but I'll bring it up now because it's, it's relevant, is that I was remember, I remember a few months ago listening to the Kansenshu uh, manga review of Awesomeness, and they, they reached a point where Gohan is back in the Boo arc, and then he, like, you know, he fights Boo, and then he's absorbed. And they talk about that. And like some of the people on there are like, you know, I don't understand why Toriyama is continuing to press his character on the series. Like, you know, he, we're not interested in this character. And I was like, you know, can you really say that when he's clearly been put forth in the series as like the big character? Um, I don't. I, I, that that really struck me as like, you know, I don't see how you can like not understand what the series, where the series is heading. Because a lot of my fan with Gohan is that like the, the series kind of made me care about him. It, it wasn't just like, you know, I like Gohan, so I want him to be it and everything. Like, the series put forth, this is, this is a character that you should follow, whether you follow Goku at this point or not. So, I, I, uh, I take, I take Daniel's point, I think it's a, it's a very astute point, but like, um, in terms of like how the series itself was co- kind of coming out, I find it questionable that people would like, you know, ignore the signs that Gohan was at least supposed to be the main character at one point, and like, at, like, you know, it was always supposed to be Goku after a certain point. Because in the same like they're clearly building him up to be a big fighter. So, uh, at the end of Return of the Jedi, were you upset that Darth Vader killed the Emperor? 
<laughs> well, I, I don't know if I had a reaction to that. <laughs> it, it is a similar thing, though, yeah, because like, cause that's actually a very interesting I comparison. Josh was. I could ask him. <laughs> but that's, that's an interesting point because, like, you know, you're building up Luke, you're building up Luke, he, he fights Vader. He doesn't beat him in a fight, but the big, guy, the big guy's the Emperor. You know, Emperor makes Luke out to be his bitch, and Vader turns around and, you know, throws him off a cliff. That's, I think that's an interesting uh, comparison. And uh, <clears throat> the only reason that I really struck in that is because <clears throat> if you if you believe George Lucas, you know the whole oh well, yeah. the movies it, it's all Anakin's story. Yeah, the entire Star Wars is, is which so is it's it's a similar argument almost. It's like, well, is it Goku's story? Is it Gohan's story? I, well, I mean, well, first of all, I, I honestly or, find that. Or was it supposed to be? You know, do, do you do you agree with Toriyama? You know, when he said that he didn't think he was fit, that he he. That it was a justified backpedaling, you know. I can see why Gohan as a character isn't as appealing as Goku, because Goku is a lot more of a uh, readily approachable personality. You know, him, him being all happy and eager to fight and kind of silly and not educated. Where Gohan is a lot more of like, you know, your everyman kind of like, you know, young character that people can get, get into. So I, 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 I see, I understand why people would like Go, Goku better than Gohan. I, I like Gohan... Because I think that, like, um, I think that, like, I appreciate, this is why I like, like Videla. I appreciate the character who's kind of thrown into this wackiness and shines a new perspective on it to where we're kind of seeing it from, like, you know, the inside out. Oh, I and agree. With, and I, I like that a lot. And I think that, like, Toriyama really stretched his writing muscles when he invested in Gohan as a character. Because Gohan didn't grow up with Goku and Krillin and Roshi and those other, those other Dragon Ball characters. So he's kind of becoming into this fresh. And because... Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z, it really is his story because Dragon Ball Z starts with the introduction of Gohan into the story. So, I I get why people like Goku, but I don't understand why people would, would like dislike Gohan. No, I don't see, get see, that. You're saying that Dragon Ball Z is the introduction of his story, and it's like, but as far as Dragon Ball itself, as, yeah, cohesive story, duh, you know. But is yeah. his push diminutive to Goku's character? Is Goku dying? Like, is that does that? kind of nullify his growth as a character and nullify his his role as the hero of the overall story i think um, i think that i think that's where somebody on the opposite end of the argument would come at it from i don't know because it, it, it's definitely a, a discussion because you know i guess I, I, really like technically i guess gohan did save everyone from the saiyans like you know by turning to an ape and squashing vegeta but like you know everyone still rely on goku to return um because Go- the Saiyan Saga is almost really Go- Gohan's story. I can kind of see that. But, I, I mean, like, you know, at that point, at the I don't know where else Goku, Goku had to go as, as a character. In terms of development, I mean, I think that, like, he really doesn't develop that much more of a character. I mean, like, I would say he develops up to, up to, like, when he becomes a Super Saiyan, and that's pretty much it. I don't think that he really, like, you know, changes that much, whereas Gohan still has room to grow as, as he grows up into, into an adult. Oh, yeah, I agree. So it's also like the whole like you know like, like development like you know can these characters stop developing when they you know become adults kind of argument which I don't want to get into necessarily but it's it's not an open and shut case I don't think I don't think that, like one one argument outweighs the other. Well, I do, I, uh, and this this is uh, relevant to the episodes we're going to talk about later. Uh, you know, you said you think that ultimately Gohan was the one who kind of saved the Saiyan saga, which which you know I agree exactly. Um. I can I can kind of make that relevant to what we're going to talk about because I think ultimately Vegeta is the one who saves the day here. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We can we can definitely get into that. <clears throat> Which I don't know if you could have still played that with Gohan. 
I, uh, I think, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll get in that later. I'll get in that later. Yeah, we can enjoy that. <laughs> we're, 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 we're rolling up to a, a conversation, guys. Um, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll uh, put a pin in that for now. Thank you very much, Daniel. Um, our third email. <laughs> our third email is from Adam Trimbop. Now, Adam's, Adam's, uh, we've not heard from Adam in a while, so it's good to hear from him again. His, his will be written by uh, Jesse, and his email covers uh, Next Mission episodes 37 and 38. Hey, guys. I'm sorry I've been away. I was unfortunately sent to the next dimension. Whoa. Well, really, I've been distracted with a couple of other podcasts I recently found. But the silver linings was I got to listen to back-to-back Donovan and Jesse, a fusion of two episodes in one. Yes. Uh, I love when that happens. I love when I have a backup of podcasts. It's it's like a buffet for my ears. Absolutely. Okay, a few things this month. I'll probably be quick and don't want my fusion to run out. <laughs> Splits into good boo-sized chunks for easy comments like back in the day. <laughs> One, you mentioned that the whole adventure in Boo's body is filler. So how does this section work out in the manga then? Is it just shorter? Uh, yeah, literally, literally, uh, in the manga, you know, you know, Vegeta swallowed up. You know, they help the whole. I will put the shield down. He turns into Goku and Vegeta. They're like, you know, huh? I didn't expect that to happen. Then Vegeta crushes the earring, and Goku does it. After after Goku and Vegeta crush the earrings, they literally take like a few steps, turn their heads left, and they see like the the pods of Gohan and the others. And in anime, they fight like you know Intensus and they see food and stuff like that. Literally, it's it's like they're absorbed. They destroy the earrings, and then they find the pods. And that, and um, also Super Boo, when when he uh when Goku threatens like you know shoot a hole in his body, after that they don't really fight Super Boo. It's it's like after he does that, and there's no effect. Vegeta finds the the fat Boo pod, and threatens to destroy that, and that's what happens. So there's the the actions a lot. Uh, less, a lot more slight in the manga. Yeah, it seems, it seems very streamlined compared to what we got. Totally. Old Kai and it, this is number two. Old Kai and his moment questioning the Dragon Balls was great. Finally, someone said this. Add me to the list of people who say you should do GT after. But this reminds me of the final saga of GT. Without too many spoilers, it goes into the idea of the negative side of Dragon Ball use. Hey, it could have been done better, but it was a fantastic and needed idea. I always wish could have been somewhat could have somehow been at the end of Z. Um, I, yeah, I, I agree. I, I like uh, Okai, you know, saying. I mean, I, I, it doesn't it doesn't make any sense for him to do it at this point in the series, but I like the fact that he says it generally, so it's fine. Uh, and I I've I've read a very little bit, like general synopsis of G or T, and uh, and I kind of agree with um. I was telling a friend this the other day that uh, it I I think it's probably from from not having seen any of it firsthand. It's probably uh, has some good ideas that just were executed poorly, I imagine. Because mm-hmm. I'm just like, yeah, like uh, you know, Dark Side of the Dragon Ball use. That, that's that's something that could be explored and isn't innately horrible idea. Oh yeah, the, the final arc of Dragon Ball GT is like you know, like like because you guys wish for the Dragon Balls all the time, uh, we're going to kill you. So it's like they kind of use that idea, which is an interesting idea. I'll admit. Number three, I have to call you guys out on saying that not using the fusion was a flaw or out of character. Remember, say in Pride, it's that thing that you it's the thing that's mentioned a few times. Now yes, pride or stupidity is a fine line, but the at the end of the day, they also know that Kid Boo is a lot weaker than sexy boo. He's just more nuts. Of course, they were gonna they are gonna wanna try alone, but it was a stretch to get Vegeta to do it the first time, let's be honest. I'm so annoyed that like, you know, after like, oh no, our planet's destroyed and our sons are dead. Let's 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 not fuse. I, that that still burns my ass. I mean, I, I I get this in character, 
But goddamn, what's, what's it going to take? <laughs> yes. Number four. Another small one is the whole Goku saying he could have beat Fat Boo. Even though Goku was never thought to be the highest of intelligence, I think his whole point was that he knew he wouldn't be able wouldn't be able to save the day. The torch needed to be passed. Let's face it. At the time, he is dead. Remember. Also, got back to that fight. Could have Goku really have beat him? Could have Goku really have beat him? Yes. <laughs> also, go back to that fight. Could have Goku really have beat him? From what I remember, it wasn't shown to be an ass-handing to Boo. Goku did only say that he could have beat Fat Boo. Um, I, uh, I think I agree. Uh, I, I don't. <clears throat> it wasn't. A, it wouldn't have been a a a easy victory or a hands down like you said ass whipping. It w- it would have been. I I think Goku just surmises that he it was in, within his power level to beat him. It wasn't like you know Krillin was going after him or something. Yeah, I, I, it's it's the, the point of it is that like you know. Goku, whether Goku could have or not, he wasn't meant to do it, or he should not have been allowed to do it, but the fact that he says, I probably could have beat him, does, you know, strike a chord, at least. The fat... <clears throat> Number five. The fat boo being spat out of Kid Boo. What a twist! Well, it shocked me back in the day. I lost my... <laughs> now, being a lot older, that was some not neat foreshadowing. Did it surprise you guys first time around? Uh... Don? Um, I don't remember, <laughs> to be honest. I... Sure, why not? <laughs> uh, yeah, I I wasn't thinking it was going that way. Um, obviously, I had seen some images of Fat Boo later on in the series, but I assumed something happened to revert him back to that form. Uh, I I I did like the kind of foreshadowing with him going up against his I guess his original evil form that steamed out of him <clears throat> back at his uh, weird crab shaped house of dead people, but. So I like the kind of mirroring of that going after his his darker side, and you know, you do get a nice little little, I guess under, I guess understory or undercurrent of of the character fighting his evil side, like le- legitimately fighting his evil urges, which I mm-hmm. thought was pretty cool. Oh yeah, definitely. <clears throat> Number six, my mate Donovan is right. Why did Super Saiyan? Why did Goku Super Saiyan two stand up to Boo for over a minute? Let my main man Vegeta get smashed around in the same form I call BS. Absolutely. I have no hard proof, but I reckon Super Saiyan 2 Vegeta would e- even be slightly higher than Super Saiyan Gohan, Goku, to be honest. Well, I mean, like, they fought equally when he was Majin Vegeta uh, earlier in the saga, so I don't think that he's stronger. I think they're equal, but... No, yeah, like, when Filler had a lot of, like, you know, it's Super Saiyan Goku fighting Boo, we're, like, at no point... And, like, you know... I, I'm a bit of a stickler when it comes to, like, you know, like, like power levels and someone shows not stronger than so-and-so because I did kind of grow up in that generation where we took that seriously, but, like, seriously. Like, like, it, Toriyama didn't do that because it's, it would be impossible, so I don't like the anime doing that. That's all I have to say about that. <laughs> yeah, I agree. It, it, I think it was kind of inconsistent, and I guess, I guess at that point you have to kind of say, okay, well, Super Saiyan 2 isn't a standard that's the same between everybody. It's I guess it's just different per character. Perhaps. Right. Uh, number seven says, speaking of forms, I like how Super Saiyan 3 has the drawback of being a major power drain. It stops it becoming overpowered. <clears throat> it reminds me of those Dragon Ball Z games where your hit points are slowly drained as you fight. Mm. And wait, <laughs> I hear your hate coming. How did Gotenks hold it on so well, you say? Three ideas I have. One, he's only in the form for 30 minutes. Not enough time to fill the drain. 
Two, maybe two Saiyans is the key to holding onto the power. Three, Gotenks was in pain. <laughs> Gotenks was a pain in the ass and never tried hard enough to feel it. FFS. <laughs> he annoyed me so much. Um, I, I, I believe that, like, Super Saiyan 3 Gotenks is just more powerful than Goku because he is, fusion characters are more powerful than single, single characters and, uh, I think that, that that was, that was the case. So honestly, I think that that was, that was the big deal. That's it. That's what I kind of gathered and what I assumed. A final thought. I love the Buu Saga. Always will. To this day, when I feel like watching some DBZ, I sit down, crack a stiff drink, and pop in the fifth and sixth disc from my orange bricks. To borrow from the best line of the series, perhaps it is the anger that has blinded the next dimension podcast from the truth for so long. <laughs> Do you see it now? This day has made it all the clear. You are better than the other sagas, Boo. You are the best. <laughs> Your friend in time, Adam. <laughs> uh, no, <laughs> but uh, we'll definitely get into it, Adam. <laughs> we'll definitely get into it. with a resounding no. Uh, oh, we're, we're talking about that. Um, thank you very much, Adam. Good for hear, good for hearing from you after such a long time. And uh, our next email is from our buddy Saskia. She writes the end of the Boo Saga. Hey, Don and Jesse, can you believe that it's finally over? After a solid year of all things Boo, the saga is finally dead and buried. It's been a journey full of more twists than Snake Way, but you're almost at the finish line. I'll start by apologizing for my energetic Z-mails. No need to, don't worry. Unfortunately, my DBZ friend doesn't live in London, and we both travel a lot, so I don't get an opportunity to rant about all things DBZ much. That's what we're here for, feel free. <laughs> Who needs friends when you have podcasts? Now, some thoughts on this month's batch of episodes. I guess the moral story is that people are just terrible. Or at least that's what the two episodes trying to get people to raise up their hands in the sky would have us believe. The pacing of these episodes really do live up to the idea that Dragon Ball Z is just episodes of screaming and waiting for things to happen. I don't know about you guys, but I found the bulk of these episodes to drag on far too long. It'll be interesting to see how Kai edits this down, as I don't have all that Dragon Ball manga to compare the two. I will confess, I I do find it slightly annoying that the trip of the films, aka the Spirit Bomb, is what ends the saga for good. I'd rather be the Kamikaze Ghost than that. Incorporating the Earth's energy into taking the villain out is all well and good, but it's a shame that the movie we know, we've known for so, the move we've known for so long is the thing that pull our heroes out of the hole they're in. Also, whose bright idea was it to get Vegeta to appeal to the citizens of Earth? The fact that he's so horrible at it remains true to his character, and while it's funny, eventually it's a little dull. Goku swooping in to save the day again was disappointing, and I've never been so happy to see Mr. Satan take up screen time, if not only because the image of heavenly spirits floating up to the chance of Satan, Satan, will never not be funny. We will get into that. Oh, yes. <laughs> We're going to talk about that. <laughs> oh, yes. The one thing I've always liked was the throwback to Dragon Ball, which seems fitting as the series is coming to a close. The introductions of the various people that Kid Goku met early, in the early chapters of Dragon Ball, and the fact that they still recognized him, speaks to his character in a positive way. It's also nice to see Tien, Chaozu, and the smoothest android south of Gingertown back, even if it was for one scene. However, in this saga, the, the second Goku does something redeeming. He makes a stupid decision five minutes later. I know it's in Goku's nature to want to fight and better himself. The idea that he'd want to fight Boo come back to, uh, want Boo to come back, even in good form, is, to put it lightly, is bullshit. Boo is probably the most mindless, relentless character in the canon. Sorry, Brawly fans. And the very notion of want of, of um, some incarnation of the guy to, to come back seems rid ridiculous to me, especially as Boo wiped out all the major characters. The sadness side of me was happy to see all the families reunited once Boo was finally into rest. A rare moment between Goku and Chi-Chi included. Seriously, cut the lady some slack. Ultimately, I was disappointed with the pace of these episodes. I understand that the anime needed to pad out the time, but I feel that it was just too much or too little progress for the small amount of things to be... To be, to be too, too little progress for the small amount of things being done. 
Before I, I address the weird-ass dinosaur party filler, I just had to ask this one question. <laughs> is it just me, or is walking around the street shouting, Trust the voice in the sky, not Piccolo's greatest idea? I thought it was meant to be one, our token smart character. One of the best things about filler is the parade of horrible 90s fashions that our characters wear in downtime. Apart from Goten, who appears to be dressed as an extra from Oliver. <laughs> the other redeeming part of filler episodes are the moments we see our, the true hero of the, our series, a man of our times, who still, after all this time, can't drive. Yamcha. Every time I see Yamcha, I feel a little sad inside. He was such a dream in the early Dragon Ball chapters, and now he's running around town in a yellow suit getting discount cars for his married ex. Let's not even go into the, him getting rejected by Chi-Chi. Hashtag justice for Yamcha. <laughs> Despite the nightmarish disco at Shea Briefs, it's always lovely to see our characters doing something other than powering up and screaming. I can only grumble so much. I'll finish by saying two things. One, when Gohan calls you out for being, not being cool, you know you failed. Two, Ghost Abora is terrifying. Thanks for the quality podcasting, Saskia. Hashtag justice for Yamcha. Thank you very much, Saskia. Awesome email, as always. Thank you very much, Saskia. <clears throat> our next email is uh, from our wacky pal, Mr. Rich Bourne. Oh, Lord. <laughs> What's up, dudes? I'm, co- I'm coming into the into the Boo Saga hot after pulling a Vegeta on my boss's daughter. Oh, dear. Things are about to get real, so no time to waste. <laughs> I He's probably not lying. <laughs> There is no better way to make up for bad storytelling in DBZ than graphic and straight-up intense violence. Oh, Toriyama, you sly dog. Every time I wonder just how contrived the means were to get us here, I'm sidetracked by Little Boo being partially obliterated or Vegeta being beaten like a narc at a biker rally. (laughs) to creativity and all that mayhem. And Super Saiyan 3 getting its more or less final showcase. Much as I try to... I can't stop myself from enjoying Hercule, if only a little bit. I personally enjoy Old Kai's character. He's the Roshi of the Kais. Oh, God, he is. <laughs> yeah. I oh, never yeah. thought of that. Like, I want to see him and Roshi tag team, like, go to the trunks. with some women. <laughs> oh, oh, God. <laughs> well, you never know what's going to happen in Revival of F, so. <laughs> He's the Roshi of the Kais and brings a bit of levity to the gods. Grand Kai is still my boy, though. One last thing on the side characters. I called out Kabito being less than useless in a previous email and stand by that. Even after Fusion, he still amounts to being a Chaozu level deity. Oh, that is very true. Ouch. <laughs> Take that. <laughs> With the final episodes, my glazed overview looks onward towards what is to come. Finally, after years of promising, Don can get to the filler. Garlic, pecan, awesomeness. <laughs> yes, sure it is. I I also agree with others in moving towards with the G, toward with GT, having never seen all of it and would rather not suffer alone. This is for this is it, guys. Yukio can do it, Rich Bourne. Thank you very much, Rich. A very awesome email, Rich. As always, very entertaining. Um, and oddly, uh, coherent. <laughs> I I agree with Hercule, man. I I it's like I know I shouldn't, but I I just love Mr. Satan. He, he he's he's so great and just so over the top and unbelievable. Like, how is this guy like <laughs> the end of the show? The last last bottle. Goku, Vegeta, Mister Satan. Yeah, I didn't see that. I didn't, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> after all, after, go Tinks, go Han, Piccolo. Nope. <laughs> uh, well, we, well, I'll, I'll never shut up about that, but we'll get into it. And our final email. 
is from a new Z-mailer. <laughs> what a debut. He says, uh, his name is and he writes in, Hello, my favorite Z-casters. I've been listening to your podcast on my drive to work for about two years now, and I love what you guys do. This is my first time writing in, and I ask forgiveness as I'm writing this email on my phone at work. As this is the last few episodes, I wanted to know a few of your thoughts on your favorite moments. What was your favorite fight? Mine would have to be Goku, Goku and Majin Vegeta. What was the most comedic part of the show for you? What was the most serious part? And who was your least favorite character? I think that Bobbity is so bad he should be in GT. Whoa! Oh! Wait, wait, He said Bobbity's so bad he should what? Be in GT. <laughs> them's, them's his fighting words, bro. Ouch. <laughs> Oh, I don't know who's, who's insulted by them more. I hope to see your thoughts on all the movies. If you continue the podcast, absolutely you will. May the balls be with you. <laughs> At Petarded87, uh, that's his Twitter handle. He doesn't want to be revealed by his real name, and I will not reveal that, because I will edit when I said that. Um, the secret identity. Like absolutely. Uh, again, a favorite moments. Uh, stay with us for a few moments, for a few episodes, guys. We will get to that in our retrospective episode. Although I'm not sure if you're talking about like in the series or in the saga itself, which again we'll talk about that when we get to the reviews. Uh, spoiler: the comedy involves Bobbity, so there, uh, take it. That is true. <laughs> that is true. That is absolutely true. And that is all of our emails. Thank you, to everyone that's emailed in for the very uh, intensive content that we've had to enjoy. All of our regulars and all of our new uh, emailers alike. Um, I do have a question, so I I, I, w- I want to know just if, if you know if you can verbalize or care to if you know what what made you want to want to call like email in you know what oh yeah what made you break your silence man like we want to we want to know like it did uh, i don't know like yeah i, I want to know because I, I love hearing from fans and i i love knowing that you you've communicated you've been listening for two years that's freaking sweet like i it's awesome that we've I, i'm still flabbergasted that we've had people listening for that long but and uh, and I just want to say thank you for uh, you know emailing in. For, you know, I'm glad I'm glad we could bring some content to you that you finally felt worthy of of, of emailing. It's like the Boo Saga. I, I got to do it. I got to do it with the Boo Saga. It was Bobbity <laughs> that brought out the hatred. Absolutely, it was. I can't believe these guys laughed when his head popped off. How could they? I'm the biggest one to hear our, our sexy voices say their names. Uh, exactly. <laughs> Are there Twitter handles? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, there's that. Um, we'll take a, a, a break right here. This is a very good time to take a break. And when we get back, we shall finish off once and for all. Once and for all, damn it. The Boo Saga. It's almost over. We're almost there. Stay tuned. They told us how to find King Kai when we first arrived here in this new dimension. The next dimension. Be right back. Hey there, folks. My name's Ian Levenstein, host of the Comic Timing Podcast over at SpeakGeekSpeak.com slash Comic Timing. Comic Timing is a roundtable discussion podcast with a rotating panel of guests. So rather than me talking through this entire promo, here's some random snippets from the show with as many people as I can possibly find on my hard drive that have been on this show. And I don't even want to count how many that is. Mr. Cole, we'll shift you. I'll, I'll grant you. But aren't they all? <laughs> what if you win, Ian? You have won a brand new uh, Skype. 
Yay. Yeah, you, me, and a brick the next time we're in New York. I was going to say that in one year, this recording is going to end up in some court report. You know? <laughs> I've, I've actually been on other people's podcasts more than I've actually done my own in the year 2007. Well, I, 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 I know that feeling. <laughs> her name is X-23. I mean, she's got to well, live her life as X-23. It's very good because it's not written by Daniel Way. <laughs> this is Batman. Yes, I love Puck. You just can't put a cow on the logo. Exactly. <laughs> Interested in finding out how these things actually play into the context of the show? Well, go ahead and listen to it. It's over at speakgeekspeak.com slash comic timing. You can find us on iTunes, and we are all over the place on all your podcast aggregators and the works. So go ahead and check out Comic Timing, and remember, as always, there's always time for comics. And now back to the next dimension. Now, listen carefully, Dende. This is very important. Ready when you are. I have two wishes I want to make. First, I want the planet Earth to be restored to its original state. And second, I want all of the people who were killed since the morning of the World Martial Arts Tournament to be brought back to life. Do you understand? Did you get that, Dende? Those are my two wishes. Uh, yes, I understand. Should I make the wishes now? Yes, right now! I'm sorry. <clears throat> Dende? I'm putting my faith in Vegeta's plan, and I'd like for you to do the same, okay? Of course, Goku. What would you like the third wish to be, Vegeta? Only those two wishes matter to me, so do what you please. Hey, just out of curiosity, why didn't you ask the dragon to bring all of the people who were killed by Boo back to life? Wouldn't that be easier? <laughs> No thanks. That would mean Bobbity would be revived, and I never want to see that little imp again. Also, that wish wouldn't restore all the innocent lives I destroyed at the stadium. I see. Wow, I'm impressed. You really thought this thing through. <laughs> no! I almost forgot! Purunga! He only has the power to bring one person back to life per wish! <clears throat> You're kidding me! That's right! He's different than Shenron! <laughs> Chapter 319 of Dragon Ball Z, titled Vegeta's Plan. Where we last left off, uh, the, the remaining fighters are trying to fight Kid Buu as, as well. And uh, Fat Buu is under the fray, although he can't beat him either. And Goku's Super Saiyan 3 power has run out, as he's unable to power up to his full potential. So while he's catching his breath, uh, he says, My... My power used to work when I was when I was dead. I'd have to worry about wearing my body out. But now, since I'm alive again, I can't maintain the form too long. I'm at the end of my rope, Vegeta. I can't do anything else. So then, there's no sense of beans around. So they're screwed. So while Fat Boo and Kid Boo are fighting blow for blow, and Kid Boo is you know pretty much beating up Fat Boo a lot, and Mr. Saiyan actually tries to defend him, but he's kind of beat up for his troubles. Um, we see uh, Vegeta and Goku watch the fight, and they're sweet, awesome. And they're both like, yeah, Fat Boo's not going to be able to last. <laughs> it's only a matter of time before Fat Boo gets killed, so. But he's like, alright, I have an idea. Dende, listen to me! So he starts to scream and yell for Dende and the uh, Kaioshins to hear him. So he says, I have an idea. Go to Planet Navic and get their Dragon Balls. Do it right now! 
the old guy says, I don't approve of using the Dragon Balls, but Dende convinced him that there's no time for scruples. So, um, Goku says, we, we don't have a planet or people to wish back yet. There's, there's no use of using the Dragon Balls now. And so Vegeta says, Kakarot, how many times have you saved the Earth? And Goku's like, oh, I don't know. When was Reagan president? <laughs> uh, uh, half a dozen times? Like, since 1989. <laughs> so, um, he says, once in a while, the people of Earth should do their share of the work. So, uh, Dende, Kabito Shin, and Old Kai, and B, the dog, have magically teleported to new planet Namek. Dende runs into his father, Mori, who's now the new uh, elder guardian of, of Namek. He says, I need to use the Dragon Balls, please. Mori's his like, father? Yeah, he was the guy that... Do you remember back in the Namek arc when, like, Dodora, like, snapped his neck? <laughs> I remember that. I, I just, I never knew that he was his father. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, I yeah. That, like he, I, I got that they were that he had relation. I thought he was like an uncle or something. Oh okay. Yeah, he's uh, like he's just like 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 uh, direct father, and also conveniently the the guardian of uh, the earth now. So that's nice. <laughs> like, Welcome back, Ninde. And so uh, Ninde's like, listen, please, uh, we need the Dragon Balls. Uh, we need to start looking for the Dragon Balls right now. The Dragon Balls. I don't approve of using Dragon Balls. I'm surprised. No, we're just being dicks. Of course, we are the Dragon Balls. In fact, we all have them right here. Conveniently, <laughs> so like 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 a vaudeville comedy act, the, the Mechians just pull out the Dragon Balls from Hammer Space, and they've already so that that, that cuts a lot of time. So uh, it says, "Oh, Vegeta, guess what? We have all seven Dragon Balls." So Vegeta says, "Sweet, now summon Perunga. We have two wishes: to bring back the planet Earth and then resurrect everyone who's died since the day of the tournament, except the villains." And Goku's like, that's rather specific. It doesn't, well, it doesn't even say, except the worst villains, or the, the most evil, or yeah, something along those lines. Well, like, like, it is very, uh... Yeah, he, well, uh, yeah, because like, uh, he says, like, everyone who's died since the day of the tournament, except for the bad guys. And Goku says, why don't, why don't you just say, remake everybody who's died, except for who's been killed by Boo? And he says, fool, do you really want Deborah or Bobbity come back to life? I didn't think so. <laughs> yeah, who's your Bobbity? Who cares about him except for Jesse Garrett? <laughs> so... So Bobby's still in hell, and I, I I don't know if Bobby actually see this in hell because there's no watching TV in there, but he's he's staying there. So uh, so goes like okay, that makes sense. But uh, but Dennis is wait, all, I'm waiting for Dragon Ball revival of B. <laughs> there we go. I'd watch it. So uh, Dennis, oh wait a minute, Peru- the the Namekian Dragon Perunga, he cannot wish back more than one person at once. Remember the Freeza Saga? You remember the Freeza Saga? It's like, oh, that's crap, that's right. But Mori says, oh, don't worry. After the freeze of crap happened, we upgraded his powers. He can do anything. You can? So, um, while old guy's kind of pissing himself, ah, you shouldn't use the Dragon Balls, blah, 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 blah. So, uh, Mori summons the Peruka with the Namekian password, and we see the return of the Namekian Dragon God. Looking awesome. Stage your wishes, I will grant 83. And th- this only occurred to me, I think, uh, when Dragon Ball Abridged did it, that he speaks in English, even though you need to talk to him in Namekian. But whatever. Yeah, but, but see, didn't he have to speak exclusively in Namekian? I, I'm just confused as to why the Namekian Dragon, Ball, Dragon knows how to speak English. But whatever. Um, well, yeah, and, and he he even has a hard time understanding Namekian. Well, yeah, he, like, like, Dennis, uh, how do I translate this? Which is bizarre. Um... Yeah, 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 he's, 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 oh, bring, 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 he's like, oh, I'm not sure what you mean. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so I guess he's, it's like a second no, language. Perunga is like, he steals the show in his appearances here. It's like, is he hungover? What's wrong with him? <laughs> <laughs> he's going to have a job. He's, he's spent too much time drinking. <laughs> his taste back turned into a beer belly. 
<laughs> awesome. Yeah, he's not as chiseled. Like, he's irritated. <laughs> His eyes are red. His eyes are blurry, man. <laughs> yeah. I like it. So, uh, so, uh, Dende, uh, in the Mechian says, please bring back the distant planet Earth, uh, just as it was before. So, Porunga kind of grumbles, ah, it's not easy, but I'll do it. So, um, he kind of just snaps his hands and snaps his fingers and Earth is back as it was. That was, that was, that didn't take very long. So, um, so what's your second wish? Um, please bring back everyone who died the day Bobbity the Warlock came to Earth, except for the very evil ones. And Porunga's like, do you know what you're asking of me? Oh, I have to get up on the couch to do that. Uh. This is going to take me a while. But... Yeah, like he pitches a fit about it. <laughs> He's such a whiny little... <laughs> See, Shenlong would have done it. <laughs> That's why Shenlong's awesome, but I, do, I still like Perunga a lot. So uh... Perunga has more character. That is true. So he's like, this will take a while. So uh, he kind of gets started. He doesn't do it right away. It takes him a little while to kind of accumulate all the, the people. So back on the Kaioshin planet, the Boos are still fighting. And um, at one point, I like, I like this. Uh, Fat Boo turns into to four different Boos and just beat the crap out of them. <laughs> oh, yeah, the Boos getting up on Boo. <laughs> that, was, that was pretty sweet. So, um, but Kid Boo survives, and, Go- and uh, Vegeta says, Kakarot, have you noticed? The Fat One's power is down. They can hurt each other. So um, he's saying, Dende, get on with it! And uh, old Kai's like, you know, you're not doing anything. It's the dragon's doing all the work. And um, Perunga says, there you go. Your second wish is granted. And um, Goku's like, huh, that happened. Hey, Vegeta, look at you! And Vegeta is completely healed, and his halo is gone, so he's back to life. So, not only is he back to life, but technically he's a good guy because he was brought back to life too. So that's that's uh, being very specific and technical. And um, oh, the old Kai is brought back to life as well, so I guess that, that matters. <laughs> it doesn't. So, um... So, uh, the people of uh, Earth are brought back to life. Gohan and the others and the people on uh, Kami's Lookout are all back to life as well. So, Goku's like, oh, I know what you're going to do. It's so obvious and clear to me. You're going to bring Gohan and Gotenks to go over here and run a train on Boo, aren't you? And Vegeta's like, no, that's a, that's a too obvious of an idea. Come on, why would I do that? Get ready for the Genki-Dama. I mean, uh, get ready for the Spirit Bomb. And Goku's like, what? That? How many times has that not worked in the series? So, um... Uh, it, it requires just a little bit of energy. He says, we're not going to take a little bit of energy. We'll take every bit of energy as we can from all around the planets and the people in, who live among them. So, uh, uh, Kabita Kai says, okay, we need a third wish. And Vegeta says, I don't care about a third wish. I don't have anything to wish for. But I need, I need to talk to the people of Earth. And King Kai chides in and gives Vegeta the, uh, the gift of speaking globally. So, with the power to talk to everyone on the planet Earth, Vegeta starts to say, People of Earth, can you hear me? I speak to you from a great world. We're still fighting Majin Buu, but everyone's been brought back to life. We need your help to defeat him. Our warrior risks his life to save you. Give us your energy. You'll feel tired, but we need to defeat Majin Buu. Do it right now! So he's actually a little angsty. So, um, Kakarot, get ready! So Goku rips off the orange part of his gi so he can look just like he did in the Freeza Saga and um, begins to make this spirit bomb. Gohan and the other fighters and all of these uh, Dragon Ball Z characters all give up their energy right away. And right away, the, the bomb is very, very big. It's, it's pretty huge. It's not everything, but it's, it's pretty impressive immediately. But uh, Vegeta knows that this isn't how it should be. So, while the fight drags on between boos, uh, they're still waiting for the energy to go up. And at one point, they realize that, like, people... This is not growing. People are not giving their energy. And they hear the people of Earth saying, This is a trick. We don't know who's, who's, whose voice this is. This could be Bobbity for all we know. 
So Vegeta starts to yell at them, You fools! You want to die again? Do it now! So, um, some Canadian stereotypes try it out in the, in, you know, wherever they live. And, uh, they're immediately exhausted. So, oh my god, that guy, he fell over! They're trying to steal your soul! Watch out, everybody! So Vegeta starts to like, grit his teeth and starts yelling at people. And King Kai says, Calm down! Calm down! So, I love the Canadian stereotypes out of nowhere. Where did that come from? <laughs> so, um, while uh, Fat Boo's kind of like knocked unconscious, and uh, he and Mister says like, "Oh no!" So he throws a rock at Boo's face, and Boo kind of turns towards him and notices the spirit bomb that Goku's making. So Vegeta's like, "Oh crap, the jig is up!" So Boo starts to scream and and flies towards them. Vegeta's like, "Kakarot, convince those fool humans! I'll buy some time," even though he has like no power at all. So Vegeta puts up a fighting stance and immediately starts spitting up blood because that's how fast Boo beats the crap out of him. <laughs> <laughs> so, please help me. So, uh, Goku starts pleading, People of Earth, please! We need your energy! So, now that the, the, the people of Earth are now hearing Goku's voice, and this is where we get into the, uh, the montage, because it's the end of the series, some old friends from the beginning of the series have, are coming back, uh, including characters that we've never seen before in Dragon Ball Z, but are very familiar with if you've watched Dragon Ball. So, unfortunately for you, Jesse, some of these characters may not make a lot of sense. <laughs> um... We no, no, no. I, I gathered, like, I'm supposed to know who these people are. Right. I don't, but I'm supposed to. We'll, we'll, we will definitely get into it. We see uh, Upa and Bora, the Native American uh, friends Goku met. We see uh, Snow and the Frankenstein android, android number eight, uh, from the Red Ribbon arc. Randomly, we see android 17. I didn't see that coming. Uh, Tien and Chiaotzu, as, as always. We see uh, the announcer guy and the people at the tournament. I don't know why they're still at the tournament grounds, but they are. I guess they they get resurrected where they died at. Yeah, okay, that that makes sense because I thought that like it's been several days since like you know the, the it's not been like one day so I was surprised. But um, and have we seen seventeen since this whole since he was resurrected? No. And there's actually, there's an interesting background story to that which I'll get into. But yeah, this is the first time we've seen him since he was absorbed. Um, but we see that. And not last but not least, the only. Dragon Ball Z appearance from lunch as she literally hops off a bus and says, that guy sounds cool, yay! And, like, we never see her again. <laughs> yeah, I'll get into that, because that's also a story. Um, so after those cameos from Dragon Ball, uh, we see uh, the, the the ball raised a bit more, but it's not enough, and people are still not trusting. All this time, uh, Kid Buu's just murking, he's just curb-stopping Vegeta again, and, um, Boo's unconscious. Goku's just pleading, Please! Don't you fools care about the Earth? And people are like, He called us fools! What a jerk! And Mr. Satan's watching all of this. He's watching Vegeta get his ass kicked. He's watching Goku plead. And he's hearing the people of Earth just ignore them. And he says, Oh, shut up! Why can't you just help? Can you imagine if the champion had your attitude? And people are like, What? Hercule! Or, uh, Mr. Satan! That was Mr. Satan's voice! What the crap? They must be fighting Boo for us. And he's like, uh, yeah, I'm the one fighting Boo. Please give me your energy. And Goku's like, what? And he's like, oh, come on, man. I had no choice. We got to beat Boo, right? So the people of Earth raise their hands, look up to the sky with gleam in their eyes, and, and chant, <laughs> Satan, 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 give him your energy. He Satan. Only he can save us. Satan. Satan. Yeah, this actually happens. Oh yes. So Toriyama gets one last glorious joke in, as the you see like globules of uh, energy just 
just uh, shoot from the planet Earth and fly across space as uh, the Z fighters are watching it fly across the sky. It's actually a pretty cool visual. So, um, uh, but Jesus like, come on, please, <laughs> someone give us an energy. And um, all of a sudden, uh, Goku feels the energy kind of just immediately expand, and a big light show is over his head as he looks up, and like the biggest spirit bomb you've ever seen is over his arms. But Mr. Saiyan's like, whoa! Uh, he tells Vegeta, run, get out of the way! But Vegeta's like, it doesn't matter! Forget about me, stupid! Just throw it! But I can't, Vegeta! So, that wastes time. Um, out of nowhere, um, Fat Boo shows up and body slams Kid Boo, yelling at Mr. Satan, grab him! So Mr. Satan grabs Vegeta and has him over his, his shoulders, which is an interesting visual. Um, Goku notices this and says, Vegeta's gone! And uh, Satan's like, finish him off! So Goku says, good work, Mr. Satan! You really are the world's champion! And as Boo tries to fire energy blasts at the spirit bomb, Goku shoves the spirit bomb at Boo and says, now, Boo, die! And uh, Boo just tries to grab onto it and tries to push it away from it. Uh, Goku's strenuously trying to push it onto Boo, uh, but... Uh, he can't get any leverage, and Boo's just tough enough to not to, to not take the spirit bomb and get destroyed by it. And everyone's just like, oh no, Goku's energy's run out. And as we see, everyone on the planet Earth, they're wiped out from giving energy. Um, people in the afterlife at the chicken station with King Yemma have given their energy. And um, uh, Dende says, you must teleport me to, to, to the, the planet so I can give Goku's energy. But Kabito Shin says, oh, I'm sorry. I conveniently used up all my powers. Whoops. And no one says, well, just heal me and I can tele teleport you to Goku, but they don't say that. So, um... So, uh, Vegeta starts saying, Satan, tell the other Earthlings to give more energy, but he says, I can't, they'll die! So, they're kind of figuring out what to do. Um... <laughs> then all of a sudden, Purunga says, Hey! Why don't you let me here wait? If you don't make a third, list, a third wish, I'm going to leave! So, oh yeah! Uh, can you give Goku back his energy? Uh, I'm sure, I can, that's not hard. Finally, an easy one. So, uh, yeah, that's what we're going to do. So they wish, the third wish of the Dragon Balls is to give Goku his energy. How, <laughs> how disappointing. <laughs> so, this, this, Goku, your energy's back. Goku's like, yes, I feel it. Thank you, Dragon Balls. Again. <laughs> so he turns into a Super Saiyan. And um, says, this is it, boo. We've had a lot of fun here today. <laughs> and for some reason, there's a flashback of like the saga we just spent the last 100 episodes watching. <laughs> I don't know why. So, like, very sentimental music plays as though, you know, remember, Boo, we had fun, you know, you transforming and fighting a, a, a Super Saiyan 3, and then you fought Gotenks, and then you absorbed Gohan. Yeah, it's just been a wild ride, and we've all really appreciated their, each other's time. So Yeah, I was really surprised. I was like, what is going on? <laughs> I don't know what to feel right now. <laughs> it was like this, like, like, I love you, you love me, kind of like Barney. I love Boo. <laughs> <laughs> We're a happy family. We're all killed by Majin Buu. Anyway, so so Goku says, "You fought hard, all by yourself. I hope you get reincarnated as a good guy, so I can fight you one on one." Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> Did you not? I mean, I've been paying attention. So he says, "Sayonara and adios." So uh, he puts in everything he has to put the finishing touches on the super bomb and shoves it into Buu's face. Buu can't push it back, and once and for all, Majin Buu is completely evaporated by the spirit bomb. There's not a trace of him left as the spirit bomb flies off into the distance. Goku runs out of energy and floats towards the ground. 
Vegeta kind of wakes up, and Goku and Vegeta throw th- uh, thumbs up at each other as as uh, they're finally friends. So, uh, in the aftermath, now this is a, a very brief uh, wrap-up, Piccolo confirms for the others that Boo is now gone. Uh, uh, Mr. Satan uses his uh, magic loudspeaking powers to tell the people of Earth that Boo has been destroyed and is, the reign of terror is now over, and people assume that Mr. Satan has to save them once again. Everyone's cheering for Goku and Vegeta on Kami Sour, but Videl is very embarrassed. Yes. <laughs> oh, father. So, uh, didn't Although she is very... Ha- well, yeah, we, we haven't gotten there yet. Oh, yeah, we'll, we'll, get, we'll get to the shipping. But, um, uh, so, uh, Dende and the Kai's return to their, their planet, and, um, Dende goes to heal Vegeta and Goku. Want, and then, uh, B is returned and, uh, goes to Mr. Satan, and then sh- says that, oh no, Mr. Boo, he's still alive! Like the fat Boo. So, Vegeta says, uh, Vegeta says, oh, I'll help him. Get away! I'll finish him off once and for all! And then this arc can finally end. But Mr. Satan says, no, don't! He's good! He fought! He's trying to save the world! But what if he creates another one of those boos? Uh, I don't know. Get out of the way, or I'll kill you with him. And Goku kind of just lets, lets this happen for a few minutes until he says, "All right, fine, Dende, just uh, heal him." It was, if it wasn't for these guys, uh, we would have finished off long long ago. And then Vegeta's like, "You know, don't say I didn't warn you, you idiot." If he if he if he goes evil again, we can just train hard, so we won't lose next time. Yeah, he uh he le- he pretty much lets Vegeta know, "Hey, you owe him." <laughs> That's right. Which I I did like that this kind of. I I I kind of get the idea that Vegeta's essentially talking to himself. If he goes evil again, you know, it's like, well, uh, hey, it's like holding up the mirror. That that I did not see that. That's that's very that's very uh. That's uh, that's what I that's how I interpreted it as what finally chose like made up his mind. Okay. Not just Goku being an idiot. <laughs> yeah, not not just Goku being a dummy. Like kind of pinpointing pointing out to to Vegeta, hey, uh, you, we gave you the benefit of the doubt. Well, uh, Kabito Shin says, you know, it could be a problem for him living on Earth. He just terrorized the entire planet. He says, okay, but we we have another wish for the Earth Dragon Ball. So if you wait six months, we can wish for the Dragon Balls to have everyone's memory of Vu wiped completely out. And so, uh, Mister says, okay, fine, he'll live with me. So, uh, <laughs> says, let's go home, everybody. So, uh, in the manga, this this is all a, a gigantic silent scene where we don't see any. We don't hear any dialogue, but, you know, in the anime, they, they talk about Storm. <laughs> so, uh, the Kaioshins teleport uh, the Z-Fires and, and Boo, Mr. Satan, back to Earth. And um, we don't see them again until Battle of Gods. <laughs> um, they walk out from under the bushes. Oh, yeah, before then, uh, Gohan and Goten and Trunks shows up. Uh, Gohan, uh, oh, Din- uh, Piccolo shows up and sees Dende. Gohan shows up right behind Videl, and Videl starts to, like, cry. Oh, I missed you, and I love you. I mean, I missed you. And Gohan's like, well, this is weird. This is new. And um, Bulma and Chi-Chi are like making fun of her until Goten and Trunks show up and they start sobbing. <laughs> so, oh! <laughs> so, um, Goku and Vegeta show up and Trunks and Bulma are overjoyed to see Vegeta again because last time they saw him, he was dead. And Gohan, Chi-Chi, and Goten all run in succession to Goku. Uh, Dende reunites, reunites with Mr. Popo. Mr. Satan reunites with uh, Videl. And he says, oh, Videl! And then Videl sees Mr. Boo like, and f- screams at the top of her lungs. <laughs> and Trunks is like, let me at him! Let me at him! <laughs> so, um, uh, Goku says, so, guess what? I'm back to life, so, uh, if it's okay with you, uh, can I come home and live with my family again? And, um, instead of instead of saying, like, you know, I've been hooking up with Yamcha for the past seven years, but Chi-Chi says, sure, we can be a family again! Because <laughs> that's how I imagine would probably happen. <laughs> like he wears the same outfit. Absolutely. 
<laughs> so, um, in a final uh, shot of all the characters we see, Gohan, Videl, Piccolo, Bulma, Trunks, Goten, Mr. Popo, Dende, the Ox King, Master Roshi, Number 18, Krillin and his daughter Marin, Chi-Chi, Yamcha, Puar, Oolong, Vegeta, Chinhan and Chiaotzu, King Kai, uh, Yajirobe, and Korin, I forgot their names for a second, uh, the Namekians and uh, King Yama and Goku all smiling and as they all go home and live the rest of their lives. And nothing ever happened. <laughs> Again, the end. Until the next part, which we'll get into. <laughs> but uh, as of right now, and uh, I'll, I'll get into the filler bits right now. But uh, as of right now, let's talk about Jesse how the the ending of the boot arc not not so much the boot arc yet we'll talk about that later on but like the boot arc as it ended in these these episodes specifically what were you thinking uh going into this i was i was kind of on edge to an extent okay because of uh how back and forth this i think it, this experience has been for both of us the boot arc yes and how hit or miss it can be i was excited because this is the payoff to a, a very long year oh yeah <sighs> But I gotta say, I was blown away with how it actually ended. Um, as as bad as some parts of this have been, as, as grown worthy, I they really pulled it through uh, for me mainly because of, of 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 the main plot point of Vegeta and Goku. Uh, as I was touching on earlier, <clears throat> you, you know, we had to sacrifice Gohan to to get to this point. We got to sacrifice his basically character assassination, you know, at this point. Yeah, and. That sucked, but ultimately, like, it wasn't just – while we had some familiar tropes with Goku doing the spirit bomb, it wasn't just Goku saves the day again. Vegeta saves the day, and he, he – I mean he, he's the motivating factor here that he, – it's his plan. It's his – he pleads and begs you know, the Earthlings to, to help them, which ultimately motivates – Mr. Satan to do it, which dumb Earthlings agree with, but we see this character come completely full circle from massacring Earthlings in the first storyline he appeared in yeah. to begging them to save themselves mm. and to will easily, completely willingly be sacrificing himself again. And that makes up for a lot of the shortcomings of this entire arc for me. Goku is, is almost the instrument of of Boo's destruction, but he's not the <laughs> the catalyst for it. You know, he 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 does a spirit bomb, yeah, but he he doesn't. It's he not doesn't him. It's not him using his skill to. Much. It's not him using his skill to beat Boo. Yeah, yeah, he do, he doesn't come in and save the day. He doesn't. You know, he, it's not like when he teleported Cell out of the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I I I can see that. Yeah. So that's why I didn't mind him being there, being a part of saving the day, because. I mean, we got we got to see Goku and Vegeta work together as a team, and uh, this is what we but you know we wanted more of this the entire series essentially, and to finally get it at this point really made it worthwhile. Uh, I I liked I liked the inclusion of Big Bat Boo as um, a heroic character at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, while I I know to to other characters' eyes it it, it still wouldn't seem justified, but him living, him being a good guy, he, he did put himself on the line to to stop his evil half. Right. So that seems justified to me. Um, I even like Mr. Satan in here. Um, we get some some big develop. I think some big developments from him. Some admission of his his falsehoods. And yeah, I, I loved his 
reluctance to to basically kill all the earthly in. He says that if I ask them for more power, it will kill them. It's like you get the idea that this character who's been a joke and the champion of the world was like he does he actually care about being the champion of these people? Does he actually have their best interests in mind? He might. Wow. Mm. You know? Um those are just some, some you know random thoughts off the top of my head. No, this is great stuff. But, yeah, just going into it, man. I was I was really sucked into it. Uh, surprisingly so, considering considering my trepidation going into it. Oh, it sounds like you really enjoyed how it ended, how how it all came together. I did, and <clears throat> yeah, we we didn't get as much of the side characters, quote unquote, as we would have liked. But I did like the scene of. Some of the main characters trying to go out into the world and and let people know, hey, save the day, help help us. You got you got Piccolo and Goku or Gohan going out trying their best. So this is stuff they could have been doing prior. Like like they don't have to be fighting. They don't have to be be fighting the bad guy. It's front and center every episode. But include them in the plot. Give them something to do. Mm-hmm. I agree. It's like really like if if the boob saga could have been like these episodes more consistently, it would have it, it would have been amazing. Uh, and so now to get to like the stuff I didn't quite like as much. Okay, sure. Well, well to get the stuff I love Poronga. His he was hilarious as hell. I'm sorry. I didn't like the whole Namek subplot. Going to Namek? Yes. You make a show called Dragon Ball, and you make the first – some of the first arts of it, of Dragon Ball Z, finding the Dragon Balls, making it a hard, hard effort, and then you pull I, – I guess you can't call it pulling it out of your ass, pulling you know, uh, MacGuffin because it's in the title of the show. I see, I see where this is going. <laughs> it was so half-assed. Like, <laughs> yes. Yeah, what – like is there anything that could have kept – uh, them from rather than having filler episodes of Vegeta and Goku in Boo's body, having episodes of Bulma and Krillin trying to find Dragon Balls again on Namek. Um, you ask me. Uh, it's it's funny because like it is ridiculously convenient. I I, I just about I do just about buy it because they kind of foreshadowed with, with Mori noticing that the planet blew up, so. They they knew that something was going on, and you know they said you know we're here to help. So they found the Dragon Balls, and probably because like you know in a, in Namek they knew that they had people keep the Dragon Balls. It wasn't like they, had, they had to find it underneath yeah. the rock or whatever. They they had houses for the Dragon Balls, so it would be easier to find. But it, like, like the, the show, and I, I believe I agree. Like after the whole Frieza debacle, like they said, okay, yeah, make the dragon more powerful. Yeah, keep someone keep tabs on these Dragon Balls easily. That make that makes perfect sense, but. Uh, that whole, you know, the scene you said where, where he notices that the planet blew up. More scenes like that interspaced, and not just pop. Here we are, you know. Here's one scene with us reestablished. All the Dragon Balls here, bam. If they, yeah, if, if they hinted that they they they're going to be active in the plot, that would have been better. Because like, I, I I agree with you. I've I have I buy the logic. Like you know, they anticipated going something going on, so they prepared for it. That does make sense. But the way it comes off is so ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I don't what? hate what happened, but I hate how it was presented. It was it was presented like like, like extremely easily. It's like, I'm not sure what I would have wanted to see, but I would want to see it done differently. Yeah, it's like, I, I don't know if, if having them people or side characters searching for the Dragon Balls would have worked, but something along those lines, like, there could, and, you know, 
granted, yeah, this is this is this is suggestions twenty years after the fact, and we don't have to work on a, a one week deadline, you know. But you could have had the side characters doing more, you know. Um, and it, I, the fact that they they do have some more scenes in here, some scenes where they they're actually involved in the plot, even to a small extent, makes me notice when they weren't even more. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I, I see what you're saying. Um, what well. Did you like seeing Namek and the Mechans again? Because they were like I know, did. I, I, it, I mean, it was a nice callback, especially too early in the show. It kind of right. kind of brings it full circle, and I particularly like you know Vegeta being involved in the plot as the saving grace, essentially, and still involving Namek and Earth. Like the you look at uh, a lot of it, Vegeta's, I guess his big three transgressions, you know, attacking Earth, destroying Namek. And killing people at the arena, and all three of those are are addressed. Yeah, to an extent in these last episodes here. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. He, it's not, it's not that he's, he needs to be repentant. Like he's he's actively trying to help people, save people, bring people back. So yeah, and it's and they they don't you know obviously the Namekians don't really acknowledge Vegeta, and and they don't call back a lot of Vegeta's attacking Earth as because he utterly he utterly terrorizes them when he was on Namek. You know, but just just the juxtaposition of seeing Vegeta is trying to save the day, begging Earth, and then cutting back to Namek and everybody, and them working on the same side, even even uh, indirectly, it, it kind of calls back and it, it, it makes you notice how far the character has gone. Absolutely, it grown absolutely. Yeah, and it, it makes you notice when, when Goku says, "Hey, look, the villains aren't here, and you still are." That was cool when, when they revealed that like like he just walks up and like there's no big we don't see his halo disappear we just see Vegeta look healthier and there's no battle scars and he's you know he's he's, like, he's a good guy like pretty much all the good guys and they brought back you know him as a good that was really I like that bit of writing that was pretty and cool. I really got the like during that whole scene I got the the impression that Goku was proud of Vegeta at that point mm-hmm. yeah, a little bit yeah I can see that um. I'll, I'll, I'll add in my bits here. Uh, overall, overall, I'm pretty happy with how it ends. Uh, I'm just about satisfied. Um, I'm, I'm glad that, that, that you, you really seem to like it. And I, I, I like it too. I don't really dislike much things. Yeah, I, I didn't even touch on the spirit bomb, but uh, I, I do want to talk about that when you get to it. Yeah, I, I just want to bring up my, my overall thoughts just real quick. Um, I like. I forget all the time that Namek is referenced. Like, like we see Namek again. I always forget that. Like, like. Like, like, wait, Namek again? Like, wow, because I, I so identify it with, like, the earlier parts of Dragon Ball Z that the fact that it's in the Buu Saga, it actually has a major part, a plot point in the Buu Saga, always kind of, like, just passes over my memory. Well, it really hasn't been uh, addressed since since um they created the planet when Frieza came back, Mecha Frieza came back, right? Like, we saw it a bit when Goku went to get Dende, but that was, like, a bl- that was like a five seconds. Yeah. Yeah, we, we've really not, like, like, like spent, you know, the several episodes and several months on Namek that we used to beginning. So, like, it's, yeah. it's interesting to see it in different iterations. But, um... I agree. I did, I did like the scene of, of uh, Dende coming there and... And... It, it, it's rung true as somebody coming home. Like, oh, hey, there's this and this and this. And I love, so, how are you doing, my guardian? Well, the planet blew up. <laughs> you suck. <laughs> I like that bit. That was yeah. Funny. And I like the random talk. Oh, this is nice grass. What? <laughs> yeah. Such a random line. That was that was that was redonkey. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, but, but go on. So I'm obviously I'm obviously warmer on on the finale than you were. Well, no, I mean I I think that like I like it just about enough. I agree with you. I pretty much agree with you on everything you say. I agree that Vegeta's heavy involvement in trying to save the world 
It's excellent. It's a full combination of the character, and it earns everything that we said about him in terms of his development, and justifies what he's done, Daniel. <laughs> no, but I, I think that like I love the fact that the, the the spirit bomb is his idea. I love the fact that he he wants to bring my people first and foremost, and it's a, it's a pretty it's a pretty uh, concise idea. Um. I think what they get right, they get really right. They get uh, yeah, absolutely. What 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 they what they do well in the, in these parts of the episodes, they 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 hit the nail, they hit the bullseye, I think. And I think that like uh, you know, I like the whole you know Goku's fighting, then Vegeta's fighting, then like you know Boo against Boo. And while Boo against Boo, Goku and Vegeta are strategizing. That's cool to me. I like like I like the final arrangement of the fight. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, we we always kind of kind of poke fun at. Oh, these people are fighting while everybody else is sitting there not doing anything. But at this point, you, you actually see these characters aren't just sitting there not doing anything. They're actually they're actually planning. It's like, well, it makes all the difference in the world, right there. It would really suck if like the final fight came out of Boo versus Boo, and they were just to kind of stand there and watch. That would that would be ridiculous. So I'm glad that like he, he oh, yeah. wrote better than that. Um, I think my only real main uh, hesitancy with this, and it's not a, a, a nitpick, but it might be just a nitpick, but like. I'm not, I was never really impressed with the final action of the arc being the spirit bomb. That just never really like impressed me. Even as a kid, when I heard about that, I'm like, because the spirit bomb, at least in terms of the the series, I mean, even in the movies, it was like it had a 100% hit rate. You know, it always beat the bad guy. But in the saga and the, the 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 original series, it never freaking works. So I was like, really, you gotta you gotta do that? Like that that always feels very underwhelming to me. But that's really that's really my only thing against. I, I don't really mind anything else. It's, it's well, don't they even reference that in the in the show? Yeah, Goku, Goku, Goku does say that doesn't work. It, it didn't beat Frieza, so why should we try it again? But um, you know, I I, I didn't necessarily mind it. Mm-hmm. Just because it it did harken back to earlier in the show, like it's a callback. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's, a, it's a huge callback, and I thought it worked because. Well, I think it had a lot – for me, it had a lot to do with Vegeta being the one to, to get the idea and Vegeta being the one to ask for all the Earth's energy. I mean, yeah, granted, it, on the face of it, it's like, hey, yeah, do a spirit bomb. But instead of asking for a little bit of energy, ask for a lot this time. Well, also the it's fact like, that like – So um, you're turning the volume up? That's essentially it? Like They say uh, uh, in the manga, when he first says, like, the Genkidama, it says, the spirit bomb, see Dragon Ball Z, volume four. It's like, oh, yeah, Vegeta got – the spirit bomb head on, didn't he? So he also survived it. <laughs> so I guess he knows, like you know, how much damage he can do. Um, I, th- I think it's, it's a good attack to end an arc on because it involves everybody. Like it's, it's like, like you literally. said, it's not just yeah, literally everybody, even on Dragon Ball. But it's not just Goku th- gathering energy and throwing it. Like like you said, he's the catalyst. Everybody pitches in, and it's a good finishing attack at the end of the series that every character contributes. So I like that aspect. It's it's just like the the initial like you know. What? It's not a uh, common hop, but like honestly, it's, it's probably a better move to finish things off of than anything else. So probably, yeah, I, I love thing. Roshi's. Like, I swear it's the only line he has, I, or not a um his uh King Kai. I taught him that. Yeah, <laughs> I taught him that. I like when Roshi gave him his energy. Roshi, Roshi like put up his uh cane and like kind of just raised the cane <laughs> for, for no reason. Like, he just he put up his hands. He's like took a cane. I thought that was kind of fun. Yeah, fun and, and then for some reason Yamcha raises his hands. <laughs> <laughs> Get one last dig in there, but it also makes sense because like like Piccolo and Gohan, like, like the Z fighters are so much more powerful and are alive to, to give energy. So the idea that like the energy that would go into the Spirit Bomb would be way more stronger than any, anything else beforehand actually makes a lot a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense. I guess my initial reaction is one yeah. of like what, but um, I, 
I'm pretty happy with with it how it how it ends. Um, what do you think? And plus, uh, I do like the fact that Goku goes Super Saiyan. I was just about to ask about that. Yeah, use the spirit bomb, which to me signifies that you know there's a little more oomph going into it. Because had have we seen a Super Saiyan spirit bomb before? No, we saw in movie seven he used the spirit bomb. He oh, this this is bullshit. <laughs> he absorbed the spirit bomb to give him more energy to become Super Saiyan and like punch a hole in the android. Was it 15, uh, 13? Or Super Android 13? I didn't like that movie. But, like, uh, no, we've not seen... I, I forgot yeah. all about that movie. <laughs> I really didn't like that. But, like, uh, we know we've, we've not seen this before. It's pretty awesome. I, I, yeah, I, I like the visual, too. In Dragon Ball Z Budokai 3, this is my favorite attack to do because when you're Goku using the Super Bomb, you just go automatically go Super Saiyan and just throw it. And he's asking, like, you were awesome. I can't wait to fight you again. See ya. Like, the exact <laughs> movement. I, I really I really do like that. So I, was, I just want to ask you about that. Um, it's funny because, like, again, like, you know... Before this actually showed in America, I saw like I saw this clip in Japanese, and so um, the visual of uh, Super Saiyan Goku using a spirit bomb was so weird to me. But I like it when um, right before Boo dies, you see like uh, like the whole uh, collage of all the characters like saying like you know, see Go- Dende like Goku and Vegeta like Kakarot goes like Father like do it. I remember seeing that in Japanese. I remember like seeing like the Japanese version, be like you know. Goku! Yeah! <laughs> uh, I like. I, so I remember that. So I've seen it in English. Was like, oh wow, I remember this. But uh, it, it was. I, 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 I like the visual of uh, Super Saiyan Goku with, with like you know because I, this is my favorite version of Goku in terms of the the uh, the design with like the blue shirt you know ripped up and like you know. Cause it, oh yeah, he definitely was very visually striking. I, I, I thought the animation was still uh, right up there with these last few episodes. The animation was great when he was gathering the energy and he had all the all the uh, the Dragon Ball characters. Like when when he gathers all the energy and the the, the light kind of flashes everywhere. That was spectacular. I love that effect. So that was really cool. Um, so what did you think about the uh, the Dragon Ball characters showing up? The random <laughs> previously unseen <laughs> Dragon Ball characters. Um, now obviously you know they don't they don't have a connection. I don't have a connection with them, but I, I still gathered that, hey, these probably aren't just throwaway characters that we've never heard about before. Right. Uh, so I, I liked it. I liked that it was kind of tying it all back together here. Um, and, it, and it makes a little bit of sense. You know, you, these characters, Goku was a significant uh, part of their life at some point, and for them to remember him, I like that that helps. Like, I like that while ultimately it's Mr. Satan and his familiarity with, with the world that kind of gets everybody on board i like that goku's able to influence him a little more absolutely that, that uh, like vegeta tries his best and he he, he does beg he, he eventually begs, pleads, yeah. yeah which is you know probably the the biggest character development he he can have like the biggest turnaround he can have right and he begs and he pleads that doesn't work and they you know they, they get a little closer with goku and finally mr satan happens so it's it's not just like a throwaway Hey, it's me, Mr. Satan. It makes you it know? makes total sense that that would happen. Yeah, it's, hear his it's, voice. it's a little, it's gradual to that resolution. And there's some interesting background story in all of them. First of all, like, uh, 
I like it, it, for, for me. Like looking at the comic book, like it's it's a clear telling that Toriyama's at, reached his end. This is the end of the series, so we're going to call back to the characters we've not seen in forever. So like, if it's not readily apparent, that's a, an indicator for me. Um, the Native, oh, yeah. the Native American characters, like like the older one being Bora and the younger one being Upa, that Bora, you see, he says, you know, a scar on my chest, you know, reminds me of Goku. Like that, um, they appear during the Red Ribbon arc, and Bora is the first character to be brought back to life by the Dragon Balls. He is the first guy who uh, whose Dragon Ball, which was used to bring back somebody back to life, and, then, and he has a scar. Yeah, like he had a scar on his chest because uh, he was stabbed by a spear by the assassin um, Tao Pai Pai, mercenary Tao. Who, okay. Um, who's you know, it, it, I'm not gonna get to it, but like it, it was actually a pretty good fight. But um, yeah, and Bora was a kid like, like Goku's age. He's like a little kid when we last saw him. So now when we're seeing him now, he's an adult, and um, you know he has his own tribe and stuff. That's, that's, so that was really cool. That was a nice callback. Um. And uh, the people in the snow, there's, there's a red-headed girl who's named Snow because Toriyama. <laughs> but the Frankenstein guy, that's actually an android. That's like one of the Red Ribbon Army's androids. And it was, it, he's one of the characters that kind of like leads into like the android arc in Dragon Ball Z because he was like the first cybernetic robotic character that like eventually leads into like, you know, Dr. Jiro and all the other androids. That's kind of cool. Although I question what, a... what kind of energy he can have yet. But yeah, that's not interesting. But yeah, that's pretty, that's, that's a pretty cool callback. I, I like the, that... Even you know at the eleventh hour, he's able to throw in references that aren't contrived. You know they don't. Oh yeah, no, I have no complaints. Way out of you know, like, hey, remember me? This character, it's it's organic. You know, if you're gonna if you're gonna try to if you're gonna try to show the world's impact, it, it makes sense to call back to familiar characters and instances of the past. I almost it's almost like why didn't he bring back a uh, Emperor Pilaf? Because he he does he brings it back in Battle of Gods, but like. Uh... That would have been the time to do that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, anything else? Because you, you mentioned it a little bit earlier. Like, Android 17, that was a very random to me. <laughs> it, it's like you almost forgot. Like, like I don't know if he didn't know what he wanted to do with the character. Because I'd, I'd like to see his interaction with 18 at this point. Like, to see how their relationship developed. Because Yeah, my, uh, my brother asked, like, you know, why did he live with 18 after he was brought back? Like, And that's like, uh, I don't know. Because you know she's not married. Because he, that. I mean, yeah, they were they were both kind of shown to not necessarily be evil, but just more bored. But eighteen was always kind of shown to be the more, I guess, quote unquote, heroic of the two, or more, I guess. She she, she she wasn't so, as prone to mischief as he was. Yeah. So seeing him here kind of just it, it piques my interest. Like I want to know, like, well, did they have a falling out? Did you know? Is he is he in his niece's life? You know, like what? Hey, yeah, <laughs> does he visit? Does he know about them? I, I think I think there's fair game because like you know it's been seven years between them coming back to life and you know we see we don't we don't know what happened in between because he he could very well know that they're married and like not just choose to live on his own. So I, I guess like do they even have contact? Like yeah, right. I mean hey that's that's good ground you could cover in a new movie like. If, if, I, you can, now uh, I will say Dragon Ball GT brings it back in a very. Uh, contrived way. <laughs> really? Okay. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, I, I, he comes a bad guy again, but it's actually kind of contrived. But again, but like in Dragon Ball Z, you know, the, the stuff actually matters. He, he gives energy. <laughs> Goku, and this, this, this kind of leads into an interesting thing. But first of all, I want to say, where did he get that sh- shotgun? Although uh, I do like, you know, <laughs> him holding him. Hey, you beat me to it. <laughs> holding him to the two guys. I, I like that, but that was kind of cool. Um, originally, this panel because it's you know it's one this is supposed to be it was just lunch and 17 was not supposed to reappear it was just lunch because he 17 says i've not heard that voice in a long time the dialogue belongs originally belonged to lunch and for some unknown reason toriyama just redrew it as android 17 i don't know why because he clearly remembered who lunch was 
but he redraws hmm. he redraws it as Sanctuary Seventeen. But in the anime, we see Lunch because Lunch is the blue haired woman who gets off the bus and like sounds like an idiot. Like that voice sounds cool, hooray! Like like that was the character that he forgot about when Dragon Ball Z started. So so he she says that in regards to Goku's voice, right? So she doesn't acknowledge that she knows that voice. She just says it sounds cool. Like yeah, which I think and here's my theory on that because. I, I, I don't know if this was recorded when they were doing Dragon Ball, when they did dub, dub in uh, Lunch's voice, or if they assumed that people watching Dragon Ball Z just did not know who she was. So they, they kind of wrote her as though she had no connection to Goku, but she would she would know who Goku is, as opposed to Kent 17, who never actually met Goku, who doesn't know who, what his voice sounds like, but never mind. <laughs> but it's, 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 it's a weird story, because, like, you know, she's... Oh, yeah, 17 not, did never meet... Well, huh. Because, like, uh, when they showed up, Goku had his heart attack, and he never interacted with Goku once but you know that's right so I guess you could I mean you could say that hey they must have interacted at some point well no because Goku was dead yeah all the time yeah yeah error continuity yeah (laughs) come on Toriyama I thought you were smarter than this but whatever I don't care I really don't care but um I find it interesting that like he was going to bring back lunch after all these years and then didn't and then the anime did it anyway but the anime but the English dub wrote her as though she was a random woman that that's bizarre to me. Yeah, because I mean, we uh, wasn't there one deleted scene of her that we saw like towards the we very like one of the very first episodes. Yeah, she in filler episodes. Uh, she uh, you see her because like, she's crushing on Tien, so you see her like chasing Tien and Tien and Chaozi are training and she's like with them. And then later on, there's there's a scene in, the, in uh when Tien dies where she's getting drunk at the bar because Tien's dead, but we never see her again. And um. I think also, like, uh, there was a flashback to where Goku was, like, you know, having a drug trip on, on Namek, and he sees her face. I don't know why. But, um, we've not seen her, like, in actually interacting the plot. Yeah. Hmm. Which is because I, I like the character of Flash. She, she, she does nothing in the series. She, all she does is, like, you know, sneeze and try to kill people, but, like, but, um, I, but, but at the end of the series, it would have been nice to see her, you know, come back, but it, it was interesting how she was brought back one way or the other. And we, and we also see, like, I know we, there's also shots later on about, like, some past characters from, like, the Dragon Ball tournaments, but, you know, we don't need to get, to, get into that. But, um, I, 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 I thought it was a pretty cool, like, like trick about the whole, uh, the montage of characters, um, leading into, you know, Boo being destroyed and Goku saying, I find, that was very strange to me, like, you know, we've had a lot of fun here, Boo, today, but, you know, you fought hard on, like, that, that whole flashback was just bizarre to me, very, very strange, um. I don't know what to make of it. Uh, let's see. Uh, anything else about like the end of the fight, the the, the end of Boo? Um, yeah, you know, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, whew, it's a, <clears throat> it's a lot to digest. It's a lot to go. You know, I, I still, I'm still happy with it. I'm okay, I'm good. ultimately satisfied. Um, you know, I do think it's, it's like you were saying, the, the big issue with the spirit bomb. I, I get that. And I can understand how it can be kind of underwhelming. It's a little. I, it's, I it's not a deal breaker for extent, me. But <clears throat> I, I, I like. I think kind of how how Goku is the instrument and not the and not the, like the main character. I don't. I, I like the build up and and how it's executed more than the move that's actually used itself. And <clears throat> I, I'm not going to get hung up necessarily on you know the whole that move's not strong enough that power level's not because I, I like the whole build up to it I like I like <clears throat> the characterizations that they char- the characters had to go through yes to get to that point 
I, I, I kind of see that. I, the, the spirit bomb, it's not that much of a deal breaker to me. It's, 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 you know, it's not like, you know, uh, Gohan having a one-armed combat on air. It's, 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 it's perfectly fine. It's perfectly satisfactory. And you do feel like, uh, you feel relieved and tired at the end of this arc. Because, yeah, oh yeah. Uh, when this arc has been long. Um, I, to, I, I thought I had one more thing to say, but I guess I, I guess I really don't. That's, that's, that is the end. Okay, yeah, so that is the end of the Boo arc. Um, I'll briefly tell you, like, the filler stuff, and then we'll get into, like, a, we'll, we'll talk about the Boo saga as a whole. Okay. Uh, he should have been here by now. Uh, maybe this is why Guardians shouldn't be at parties. It's just not the same without him, is it? Gosh, you really care for Goku. Uh-huh. Hey, I know! How about we trade mates, Vegeta for Goku? Vegeta's not a Swede, but he's certainly more dependable. I think it evens out. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I'm available, ladies! What do you say, huh? We're talking an even trade. We don't want to downgrade. Uh, so you said that you that you watched up because I told you like you know oh you know the rest is filler. So you said you watched up until like halfway through two eighty seven, right? Yeah, I watched until <clears throat> Boo uh, until Shinron uh, raises everybody's memory of Boo, and then Boo walks around the city looking for ice cream. Okay, that's right. So that episode finished. This, this is ridiculous. So that episode, you know, Boo's looking for ice cream, and he goes back to the store where he and Bobbity broke in and stole ice cream earlier in the arc. Yeah, and, I saw that. I saw that sort of that part. Yeah, so, so they, they don't remember him, so they kind of treat him as with one big guy. Um, did you see when he runs into Bulma? No. Okay, so he's 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 on a, on a bench. Bulma walks by with a bunch of groceries, saying, "Uh, I can't." Every time I go grocery shopping, uh, Vegeta and Trunks fly off before the, before they have to carry anything to the house. So she's grumbling. She says, "Boo! Be a man and help me carry these groceries." So they're going by, and there's a, a straw man contest. It's like you know, oh, uh, ten thousand zenny or hundred thousand zenny to the man who can last three rounds against you know, uh, Japanese Crusher Hogan or whatever. So that happens. So you know, Boo wants money to pay for ice cream. So he you know, he ends up you know he doesn't kill the guy because Mister Satan tells him not to get angry, but you know he wins the money. Buys the ice cream. The, the, the guys get very angry. Like, oh, that fat guy cheated us or whatever. So uh, Boo and Bulma go to a diamond store. Boo thinks he can eat diamonds, but he can't. Whatever. Bulma likes diamonds. In <laughs> um, a very she's a girl. She's <laughs> feminine women. They're all the same. Am I right, Saskia? Lee. <laughs> no, J.K. But um, so Bulma's chain out diamonds and Boo's in there trying to eat the diamonds. Uh. Right, this I was like, this escalates quickly. The guys who he beats and wins the money fair and square, they end up robbing the store. <laughs> like, oh my god, like that that escalated quickly with, with guns, ski mess, everything. They try to shoot Boo, but Boo can't, you know, he can't be hurt. So the cops show up, and um, along with the cops, we see Great Saiya Man and his new mysterious psychic, Great Saiya Girl. <laughs> I don't know who she could be. <laughs> but, I don't know where that shit, that happens. Oh wow! <laughs> um, Google Great Saiyan Girl and you'll, you'll see how that happens. But um, uh, so they show up to like you know stop the robbers, but Boo manages to, to take them out uh, before they can do anything, and they're they're just as cheesy as they always were. And um, back at Mount Pals, which is uh, the Son household, 
Goku is in a is in an oil drum taking a bath with Goten and Trunks. Yeah, and um, he's like he's 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 dunking them and stuff. He's like you know ah uh, oh, you're underwater or whatever. Goten and Trunks jump out of the tub naked, fuse into Go Tanks, and Goku goes Super Saiyan, and his aura uh, blows the water everywhere. And um, Videl, Gohan, and Bulma, and uh, I think uh, Mr. Saiyan are all laughing. Chi Chi yells like Goku, Goten, get your naked ass in some clothes. And she yells at them for being naked. Uh, Videl's like, blushing because they're naked. And then Vegeta's to the side, like you know, blushing. He's like, ugh. And that's the end of the episode. And it's just as wonderful as, as I'm saying it is. Well, is Vegeta naked? No. <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> Goku's bathing with his son and Vegeta. Okay. Yeah, his son and Vegeta's son. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, but uh, that, so that happened. Yeah, I'm gonna wa- I'm gonna go back and watch these now. It's it's it's, it's ten minutes of your life. will never get back. But it's it's amusing for what it is. Although I will say, I think I do, I'm not 100 percent sure on this because this one you know 12 years ago. But like, I believe that last sequence, which is you know maybe a two minutes long, was cut out of Toonami. Because because of the nudity, I mean, you don't see any like you know frontal bits, but you see like you know bare ass Gotenks and bare ass Super Saiyan Goku. So there's that. So I I think Toy Toy uh, Toyama Toy Toonami uh, cut it out, but maybe I'm mistaken. Um, hmm. and in the uh the final episode before the time skip, uh Bulma's having a uh, a house party as people tend to do in the, sh- in the series. Uh, Goten, Gohan, and Chi-Chi all dress up. Actually, the, the entire family dresses up very fancily. But Goku is, like, spying on these dinosaur eggs which are about to hatch. So he, does, he doesn't go with them, which Chi-Chi's mad. So Chi-Chi, like, does her hair up, and, like, they all go to this party. Everyone's dressed up. Um, they they all dance to some very, like, you know, late 80s, early 90s music. You know, Vegeta's, Vegeta and Piccolo are, like, tapping their toes, because why not? Um... Of course. Chaozu and Puwar share like like an ice cream soda. What? Uh, <laughs> uh, Krillin, Oolong, uh, Yamcha, and Mr. Satan are all like playing cards. Yamcha says that Bulma bought him a card because he can't pay for crap. <laughs> uh, oh, Yamcha. Yeah, because he says he used to suck. Let's see what else happens. Um, and Goku never ends up showing up, but by, uh, but he uh, by while when everyone starts to like Lee at the end of the day, he runs into Krillin, and Chi Chi yells at him. And says, you know, Boma, we should switch husbands. I, I'd rather take Vegeta. He's more dependable. And so, and then I'm just like, hey, what about me? We want to upgrade, not downgrade. And so the narrator, the narrator says, and so the day is saved by Goku once again. We love you, Goku. You sure are the champion. Goku, 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 Goku. The end. And it's about as cheesy and weird and horrible as I said it was. What the hell was that? <laughs> wow. Uh, it, that episode really was a waste of time. <laughs> Although it was interesting to see, like, uh, Chi-Chi, you know, offer infidelity. But that makes sense. <laughs> that really makes sense to me. <laughs> so that happens. Um, All right. Yeah. <laughs> and I think the episode's called He's Always Late. Yuck, yuck, yuck. But uh, who cares? So, okay, this, this is what I've been looking forward to for, like, all week. We started the Boo Saga in December of 2013. I was 24 then. Next month, I'm going to be turning 26. So, <laughs> over a year of our lives have been marked covering this storyline. This, I mean, you know, some of it didn't start immediately, but, you know, this storyline. Easily the longest part of the, the series. Um, we've had its ups and downs, certainly. But, um, pretty much, the, I would say... It, this might be the, the majority of our podcast, Jesse. Most of our podcast might be covering the Boo arc, 
in terms if you want to kind of you know put in like sort of a pie chart. So what are well, your... yeah, I mean easily if if you look at the show being three years long, roughly uh, a year a solid year of that oh, yeah. is this arc. Yeah, absolutely. Like, well, over, well over a year, like, like uh, from December 2013 to March 2015. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but yeah, like like, oh, like, like just. Thoughts like like overall thoughts on the Boo saga, like how you liked it, how you disliked it, what you liked, what you didn't like. General thoughts on how you how you viewed it, like uh, what when now leaving the Boo saga, what do you take away from it? Um, it is uh, quintessentially Dragon Ball. It in all the badness and goodness. It's I think it is an arc that has a, a solid beginning and a solid ending, and loses its footing along the way. Uh, it has some good points, but it has some bad points. Uh. Had a lot of potential, and to some extent, it lived up to that potential. Some extent, it didn't. Um, I, that's the biggest thing. Is I, I fi- find it enjoyable. Uh, I, I like a lot of the character moments, and I like a lot of what came out of it. But I think a lot of it could, but it could have improved. Could, a lot of it had wasted potential, and or maybe it, maybe it's a story that went on longer. Obviously, well, I think longer than it should have. It went on longer, and it. It yeah. could have it could have benefited from finding its footing a little earlier, or and not changing its footing, you know, halfway through. But ultimately, I enjoyed it, and <clears throat> yeah, I, I I hate when people when fans will say, oh, well, you know, that's not my so and so, that's not this, it's not that. <clears throat> you, I don't think you can be a fan and and just throw away what you don't like. Like this is Dragon Ball for for good or ill. The, you know, even the bad stuff, it's still it still counts. Still, oh yeah. You don't have to watch it. If you don't like it, don't watch it. If you don't like it, you know. But <clears throat> like, I don't. I don't think you could watch. You you can't like say someone criticizes Dragon Ball from. Oh, it's it middles. It has no point. Oh, it goes on forever. You can't say no, it doesn't. And then they point to the, the Boo Saga, and you say that doesn't count. Well, yeah, it does. You know. Right. It's like, but but I think a lot of that perception comes from people who don't don't look at it. You know, like we did. Episode of episode, see that there is some good in this. There is some some very solid character beats and very solid story developments. I mean, yeah, there's not there's obviously some some bad parts also. Some parts we didn't enjoy, and it's overall not as solid as the earlier of the series. But it's still it's still good TV. It's still a good a good story that I enjoyed overall. Um. I, well, first of all. I agree to one percent. Like this is, I would say that this more than any other Dragon Ball Z arc is quintessentially Dragon Ball and its entirety, like the whole scope from the beginning to end. Um, now, and one thing that, that I would say leads into that, uh, and what I ask you about is the humor, because with this storyline, Toriyama really brings back the humor in a big way, like more so than I think we've ever seen in the Saiyan Saga, Cell Saga, Free Saga. Like the humor is really is a, a, a strong factor of the show. How did that impact your viewing? Uh, uh, at this part in the, in the series. See, I'm a big fan of that. I liked that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you said Troy Allen brings, brings it back in this arc. I think that this is kind of where he found his footing and where he, as far as that, the mix of the humor with the drama. <clears throat> because while we got humor, we also got a lot of good character beats with, with Vegeta being a father, with Goku, you know, with, with Gohan, and even Videl and Gohan's subplot. You got stuff that oh, hadn't yeah. been hadn't been developed that well before this, so I think he hit his stride as a storyteller, at least in in those different aspects, pretty well over the board with this. More of a relationship like, like, stuff. I get the idea. Yeah, I get I get the idea that he wanted to 
put more comedy in, but wasn't quite aware how. And with here, he was able to stretch his legs as a comedy writer, or, you know, as a previous writer of comedy. <clears throat> and for the most part, I think it worked here. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, he was able to pull off a villain like Boo, who's largely comical to a big extent, but still shown to be a threat. And he's, I mean, he's able to turn a, a very comedic character like Mr. Satan into some way a main character. <laughs> oh yes. Um. Well, what did you think about like like? I think this arc more so than any other uh, storyline has. I think this arc more than any other arc introduces new characters. We saw a lot of new characters with like you know Videl and the Kai's and Babadi and Deborah. Like uh, just generally speaking, like, like the, the new the new characters introduced in this storyline. Like like overall, did you like them? Did you dislike them? Like what were your thoughts on the characters generally? Hell yeah, I liked Babadi. <laughs> As if I had to ask. <clears throat> well, one thing I do like about this is that uh, you look uh, you look at like the the Frieza saga, or actually any of them, the, the Frieza saga, the the Saiyan saga. The Android Saga. They have they introduced some characters, but they didn't really last. Right. You yeah. know, Nappa had no. I mean, great. He killed the characters, but he had no lasting impact. You know, they don't call back to him. They don't reference him really. Uh, Vegeta killed all of Frieza's guards, who are all new characters, but we don't remember them. Mm-hmm. You know, Boo is the main villain here. Bobbity is still a big part of the story. Videl is, is still lasting. Mr. Satan's a much bigger part of the story than he was previously. Uh, the characters are, I guess, more endearing. I think in, in the saga, are they more flushed out, maybe, because they last longer. Even the character B, you know, a dog, like, and I—that's a legitimate character that who's been around this entire arc for a year of the show. It had a, a huge impact on the plot. Yeah, exactly. It had, it had a really huge impact on the plot. Like, <laughs> you know, uh, even characters like uh, Dende. Who, who, got, who got a lot more fleshed out in this arc than they were pre- previous. I agree with that, yeah. <clears throat> so yeah, I, I think I think the length of the arc and having some downtime, which wasn't always for the best, but gave 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 them some more room to breathe life into these characters and some more time developing characters like Videl, who who really who benefited from the meandering towards the beginning of the arc with say a man and. Before, before, kind of things really kicked in, quote unquote. You know. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, now, I think I, I don't write those. I'm just kind of thinking off the top of my head before kind of getting back and forth on it. But like, uh, with its ups and downs, what would you say is your favorite just thing about the Boo arc, and what would you say is your least favorite thing about the Boo arc? Like, like your biggest pro and your biggest kind. Of like, yeah, I, I, this thing is awesome. I love this thing the best about this story, and the other thing is like, you know, this sucks, and this is my least favorite part of the arc. I think I like the cohesion of the characters. You really get the idea that all of these characters are a, a, a unit, a fighting unit that know each other very well. I, I do anyway. You know, Vegeta and Goku, <clears throat> ultimately, you know, at the end of the day, they, they are very well a good team. Like they, they even notify that at the last episode. You know, <clears throat> seeing Krillin and his family, and along with you know Gohan and his little brother, you know, who his, his dad's never seen. That stuff really worked well. That that really I, – I liked seeing that at the beginning of the episode. I liked getting to know that. It's, it's almost the epilogue without being the epilogue. Yeah. I see what you mean, yeah. And it, it let me continue to be vested in the character, seeing Gohan's journey. It's, it's something that we didn't see a lot of since – I think since the Namek saga. Because mm-hmm. you saw you saw Gohan go through a lot of changes in that, 
you saw you saw Krillin play a big part. And towards the beginning of this, you know, Krillin's pretty active. All the other characters are, are active in the storyline, especially when the tournament goes along. But they they don't really do anything after that. Yeah, you don't you don't get a sense when, uh, in the first part. Of, sorry, I don't want to interrupt, but like uh, the way the book kind of starts off, you look at the sense that Krillin and Piccolo are going to completely complete out of the arc by the end of it. The way yeah. that is written, and and that that leads into what I didn't like most about it. They they build up this this ensemble cast more or less, uh, and importance on things other than just the characters who can fight, the characters who can relate directly to the plot. And they they didn't pay off that. It, it like and it's just it's just the fact that it, it lost its way. It mm-hmm. it swerved left when I didn't want it to go that way, and when I think I I think they do that at a disservice to the characters. They kill all the characters. They literally kill them all off to clear the board. When I didn't want to see that, I wanted more of these characters than what we got. Yeah, and, and the, what, the, what they kind of like you know left the ser- this, this story with wasn't worth doing that. Would you say? I mean, I'm very happy they they came back, but oh yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I like the scenes we got with them back, I, but I don't think they they didn't have to die. To have those scenes, like you, you could have you could have implemented them differently, and they still could have been. I would have liked to see have seen those characters, the group, the ensemble, family dynamic going on. I would have liked to have seen that play out and have some importance to the plot, other than as martyrs for the main characters to be pissed about. I don't think that was the best the best use of them, and that's what frustrated frustrated me, frustrated me the most about the. The arc that that sort of that middle section that meanders and that that I mean that you absolutely hated you know that <laughs> I get into that wasn't wasn't good. Okay. Um. On my on my end, uh, for the boost saga, this started out I think spectacularly. I did not predict that I would enjoy the beginning mm-hmm. as much as I did. I really love the because I, I, I the way I see it the Boost Saga really is a, a three part structure like from the beginning to like where Go, uh, Vegeta blows himself up is like Act One to me and then like from from like there to like let's say uh, Vegito is like Act Two and then from like you know Kid Boo to like the end, the end of the series is like Act Three I think oh yeah. I agree completely like it, it this is they feel the most structured of the, of all the arcs I could. Or not obviously not most segmented really all over the place. Yeah, yeah, but I, definitive in my my mind, I can see you know bang 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 where it starts, where it's good, where it goes off the rails, where it gets back to being kind of better. Absolutely, like like uh, I mean really the first part I had no idea. I mean eh, the first part Gohan's in high school. I could not believe how much I enjoyed that. That was so enjoyable. Videl is when, when we make our list of like favorite characters, Videl's gonna be in that list, and. I did not really have that. And that <laughs> uh, well, care. Well, we'll see about that. But like, uh, I did not have strong strong feelings towards like characters. For, for, I did not have strong feelings towards Adele when I was a kid. She's like, she, yeah, she, she sure is Mr. Singh's daughter. That's her. Like watching it again from like a, you know from more a podcast viewing. I kind of seeing how she her role in this series, her interaction with Gohan, how he brings her into flying, all that kind of stuff. It really is a great story, and this character is utilized very well from the beginning. I really like that. I like the introduction of the uh, the reintroduction of the uh, of the tournament. I like you know like, like the, the the dynamic between Goten and Trunks is a lot of fun. 
Um, and I love the fact that like they reintroduce the tournament and then like they kind of bleed into the serious action storyline and it kind of like like uh, tapers off into it. I liked that a lot. I thought the writing was pretty much perfect for a long time in the beginning. The middle part sucks in my opinion. Yeah, I think honestly the build up made made the middle part suck even worse. Like what the quality that it was before made it hurt when it wasn't there. I think the beginning is some of the best Dragon Ball Z has ever been written, and the middle is some of the worst in the series, and I, I stand by that. Like, Do you think this is the most inconsistent? Oh, far and away. Gets? Far, far and away. Like, like they're, like, because, like, the Frieza Saiyans and Cell and Android Saga, is, no, they're not perfect, they all have, you know, their issues, but we're pretty much consistently positive with all those, if I, if I remember our episodes correctly. With this one, there was months where, where I was not just enjoying what I was seeing. It, like, it, it starts off kind of sucking. Like, well, you know, for some reason, Bobby is alive. He shouldn't have survived that. But okay, he's he's dead in a few episodes, which isn't that big of a deal. Um, why are they sad that Gohan's dead because of the Dragon Balls they just used? You know, what's this crap about a Z sword? Where did this guy come from? Twenty four hours to to power up. What? You know, waiting and waiting and waiting. You know, obviously, I had a big problem with like the whole comedy over death thing. I didn't like that. Um. I just really, I was very, very let down. I was surprised how much I did not like Gotenks. Or the Gotenks, or the, the, the character's okay, but the Gotenks parts, and the parts were like, relied on Gotenks. I was surprised that I didn't like that as much. And uh, the Gohan one was just so, the transition was so jarring that I that I, I hurt my neck. I got whiplash. It was just, yeah. it was very, very badly handled. And I, I, I'm sorry. I, I, know, I know Daniel kind of stuck up for a bit, but like, I... I will go to my grave, uh, uh, whatever that will be, firmly believing that the whole old Kai giving Goku his life thing and then popping back up to give him the portor earrings that he never mentioned is some of the worst writing I've ever seen. <laughs> that sucked hard. I yeah, that's I that's I think one of the moments of the show where it was like, what just happened? Because that it, whole Z sword, the whole yeah, the whole the whole Kai, basically anything that happens in the Kai planet comes off as as contrived and and forced it it, it feels it feels very very like we're talking getting the writing soon in a bit but like uh you know i understand that like you know he's giving up his life like that, but like here's the thing you don't feel any loss because he's he just pops right back up you know there's no real sense of trade-off or sacrifice because the guy is still there he well, even if he even if he lets you know yeah i can get my life but i'll be right here like yeah. even if he lets you know that ahead of time but but you're it, they do have a very short setup for that, right? And then it completely flies in the place of, of what they're trying to set up so quickly. And it also just feels like cheating to get Goku back in the game. Like I, I don't, I don't believe that that people could actually do that to other people. Like just giving them their lives. It, it, like I was like, I know it's Dragon Ball Z. You, you have to, you have to buy into everything. But like it's like, at that point, it honestly feels like you know this might be harsh saying, but it feels like Toriyama just kind of puts stuff out there because he'll we'll put up with it. Like it's yeah. it's like oh it's, it's Dragon Ball Z who cares but like really it's like wait a minute like, really they bought that dra- they bought the dragon the Z sword yeah yeah because I, I used yeah I, I heard when I was a kid I would be told about the Z sword and that sounded awesome and like I'm watching this you know this doesn't last half an episode you know it's like you know I want part of me wants to like you know rage to like oh they they misuse Gohan I I really I you know, so I honestly really don't like that but I I understand you know how hard it is to like, you know go for so long with Goku and then transition to Gohan. But I thought that the transition into Gohan was, was was appropriate and done well enough that when they took him out of the fight so fast, it didn't match up. It wasn't equal. 
and I'll never forgive this, the series for that. Um, and, and just frankly, this, this is just way too long, way too long. Like things get, I, these things get really, really like off the rails. I think once Vegeta sh- Vegito shows up, you know, as a character, oh, yeah. I like Vegito fine, but it's just. It's just so obvious that it's spinning its wheels. It, Toriyama has no blind clue where to go, and that's okay. You know, he's a writer. He's not perfect. He's not God. He can, you know, do that. But the fact of the matter is, that does impact my storytelling uh, enjoyments. You know, and then he, he takes them right back out for no reason. Like you know, they, like there's just so much dithering around that. You know, Toriyama's not, not the best writer in the world. He's not horrible. He's a good writer, but he's not the best writer in the world. But the the setbacks were just. Like, like just horrible so, some of the ho- horrible writing was going on in, this, in the middle arc the third part I liked just about okay I thought it was I thought it wasn't great for me it was good enough I did not like you know killing off the characters but the Goku and Vegeta team up was really good I enjoyed that I liked how it ended well enough so I think that like the series the, the, the storyline stuck the landing at the end if, if, if not you know kind of spraining his ankle a little bit it just about stuck the landing though Mm-hmm. So I think it just it just about pulls it off. It doesn't pull, you know, it doesn't it doesn't go back to like how good it was in the beginning, but it just about works for me okay. So I think that the Boo Saga it is not it is not my favorite storyline from Dragon Ball Z. It's 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 the kid who has made A's all through college and then flunks the final. Yeah, it's yeah, it it kind of just tapers off. I, I, I very easily see Toriyama. I mean, I can kind of see like Toriyama like, like like saying like you know I'm going to end the series now because I'm not. And I can see like you know he reintroduced humor to enjoy it and have fun with it, so he can be invested. He and he, he was very very creative with Boo and the Kai's. I thought I thought was, that was very wonderful creativity. But there's just a point where you can see like you know he's just not into it. And that's 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 human of him. But it comes off it comes off too strongly in the storylines where it it actively affects the the story he's telling. I think. And um, you know this this is not my favorite arc. Uh, this is this is I think by far and away the weakest in terms of storytelling. But I I I, I thought I was going to when when I was watching these episodes for this episode for this podcast episode like you know when Boo dies and everything like that I was expecting so it's just a rage quit says the Boo saga sucks and I hate it. And I honestly can't say that I hate it. I really can't or even totally dislike it. I, I don't love it, but. I had a hell of a time watching Dragon Ball Z when we were doing this this storyline. I must say, because if nothing else, it was pretty unpredictable. A lot oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> a lot of the trends that it built up in like the Frieza and, and Cell arcs, they did get kind of pushed to the side for this storyline. That was I, I do appreciate that. Um, the designs were great as always. It always tends to be. Some of the designs were the best in the series, I think. Like, like Boo's design generally was was pretty awesome. And I like I like the idea of Boo as a character. I mean, I I hated his uh, whole absorption Boo thing, but whatever. But you know, I think that like I don't love the saga, and I won't say nice things about the bulk of the middle saga. But like this does, there's a lot to like in here, and I think that like a lot you can take away from. And I understand why people say that it's their favorite storyline. I think that I enjoy the era more than the storyline. You know, like the whole old- it's really good ingredients that make a very bad dish. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 just not consistent. It's like a it's like a uh, it's like a um what's the pie that you make that kind of like that kind of loses air and flatline or whatever. Not a quiche. Oh, yeah, oh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't yeah. cook. Uh, but yeah, 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 that thing. It's like that. <laughs> it's like you know, I, I I really I really do like the era. Um, I like you know older Gohan, 
Um, I like go. I, I really like going to Goten Trunks. You know, Vegeta in this story arc is the at his absolute best. He is by far and away the most likable Z fighter I think in the arc. I, I, I really believe it because I am so invested in everything he's doing when he's evil and when he's a good guy. I love him as a good guy. Oh yeah, he he really he really sells he really sells that he deserves redemption. Absolutely. So I think that that's really good. Um, Luke's character great. They made Mr. Satan really watchable and really yeah. a lot of fun. Um, so like when when the when you know when we go back on reflecting on the series, you know when when we kind of start when, when I start to think about it, th- th- this is a low point in the series. But it is, that's not immediately coming to mind. I I tend to think of this era very highly, and like you know the next four movies that we're going to review are going to be in, in this era. This like seven years later time skipped era, and so I enjoy those. On the basis, like, like they're on an, in an era, I like, you know, Krillin has hair and is married to 18. That's awesome. You know, we have, uh, like, Tien isn't the best costume you'll ever see him for as little as you'll see him. <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's really, really fun. And that's why I liked, um, when they announced Battle of Gods and Goku and his friends return, the fact that Toriyama went back to this era, he went right back where he left off, and around this era of Dragon Ball Z, I really enjoy it. And I enjoy it a lot more than I thought I would. So, the Boo Saga overall, the parts I liked, I loved a lot more than I thought I would love. The parts I disliked are the worst parts in the series. Full stop. But overall, not my favorite. I kind of don't really love it, but I do not hate it or even all that much dislike it. I just wish it were. I just wish it were better. And like the sins of the the sins of commits in the series, you know, I, I don't like the fact. I really don't like the fact that they trade off Gohan, Goku for Gohan or whatever. But I can't, you know. It's, it's too late to kind of whine about that. It's, it's done. It's been done for 20 years. So that really deads the series against me. But I think the experience of watching it for a podcast was a lot of fun. You know, the story itself wasn't I agree. good itself. It, it, it commits a lot of freaking sins. But Watching watching it back to back, watching it, uh, this arc immediately proceeding or immediately uh, following. Cell Cell Saga really was I think worth it, and it helps you juxtaposition just you know where where it is and how it how it goes in the series, how it fits in the series. Absolutely, it really puts in perspective like what you like and what you don't like, and um, I think Toriyama is at his best and worst in this. So uh, yeah, I uh, uh, it was an interesting experience. I think um, I'm I'm not I am not sorry to see it go because this had to end fast. <laughs> Like I was, like I said, I was done once the planet blew up. I was like, okay, this needs to end, and luckily we got yeah. through it. But uh, no, it was. I, I'm certainly glad that I did see it, and um, it was certainly an, uh, an interesting story to, to end with. Now, one, one last question: in terms of like a final story arc, uh, like how does do you appreciate that this is the last arc, or would you prefer to see the, the story end anywhere? Oh, that's a hard question because it's so different than everything else. I'm not sure if I can actually ask that question. Yeah, and I don't know if I can actually answer it because I I could have said that uh, I like you know I was happy with the ending of the Cell Saga, but that doesn't mean I'm not happy that it did continue. Yeah, like I think it's almost like a show that ends the season on where they don't know if they're going to get picked up or not. Like it could if it ended here, I'd be happy. Uh-huh. Um, and like. I, if if it continued on, I'd be happy either way. You know, it's like I, I think stories could still be told, right? Well, but 
I do think that this was a pretty fitting fitting in for the characters we've seen, for some of the characters we've seen. Obviously, it could have been handled better with other characters, but yeah, it's like it it's was, like it was a decent ending for all the crap that they that they do wrong by the most of the characters. Vegeta gets all the good. Yeah, yeah, so. he, he he does. I mean, because well, it's it's the thing is like a lot of the characters are characters from from Dragon Ball, but uh-huh. two of the most original characters from here are Vegeta and Gohan and. They get the complete opposite uh, ends to the story, essentially, or, or treatments to the story. You know, Vegeta gets all the good. Gohan seemingly gets all the bad, and that he's dumped off into the ether. Yeah, yeah. And that's and that's, that's, that's that also that bad. Sucks. For... I mean, because yeah, because what happens to Vegeta is good, but it's... I would have liked to have seen Gohan have as much of a ending, as much of a a fitting arc. It's um. It sucks for Gohan, but it's also because of the, the way the series was going. Um, I really am not crazy about Gohan Goku getting the, the the spotlight, but at the same time, like you know, I don't, I don't know if I can truthfully say that it was all about Goku at the end of the day. It really was a team effort in beating Boo at the end, and he was sort of the catalyst for it. I mean, he was sort of the frontman for it, but like I I didn't get the sense that like you know the the arc in it with like you know man is go isn't Goku awesome? It was more of like like, I said, like thank God Boo is gone forever. So, well, uh, you know, um, in the Cell Saga. I remember distinctly kind of kind of feeling like Vegeta was a little out of place or feeling that he would, he wasn't implemented the best. I agree. I agree. Which which is ironic because we really liked what happened with Gohan in that arc. That's a good, that's a good point. Yeah. And you, you flash a year forward to this and we're feeling the complete opposite. Like if if he could have treated both characters, meshed the arcs together, completed treated both characters as well as it did in those respective arcs. It would have been a great send-off to both of those original characters to the story, which overall I think would have would have made the experience of the, the kind of the last arc of Dragon Ball Z a little more, I guess, fulfilling. Uh huh. Because you know, if you, if people ask, oh well, it should have ended at the Cell Saga. Well, Gohan got a great send-off at that uh, that show. Yeah. But I also really liked him as Saiyan man, or you know, and, <laughs> as as at that age. Yeah, he was awesome as, uh, as older. As I was say, miss it, Gohan, you guys. <laughs> but like you know, like, like the, the the super powerful in Goku's trademark clothes, next Gohan. Dimension. Absolutely, I don't like a trademark, but I didn't come up with it. But I'll, I'll trademark it nonetheless. Um, yeah. Uh, any any parting words now for the Buu Saga? Anything we don't mention? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> there's an amazing quote by Bobby. What's that? It goes, ah, yes, Boo, I created you, and now you're dying. This must be what joy feels like. <laughs> Bobby enjoying his time in hell. hell. I also like Freeze, like, like, like when, uh, when it was clear that, that, that they were going to win, Freeze like, you know, why am I not surprised? <laughs> he kind of annoyed. <laughs> but don't worry, Freeze, you'll get your turn soon enough, as it so happens. Yeah, I was watching that, and I was like, heh, heh, we're going to see you soon. <laughs> I've actually heard that like, the movie starts out with him in hell, so that'll be interesting. Oh, that's great. Oh, maybe Bobby will appear. <laughs> awesome. Maybe he'll come back someday as, as a better person, I hope. I'd like that. Perhaps we'll have a little one-on-one. Thank you.
So I think that's the end of the Boo Saga. It is finished. It is done. Stick a fork in it. It is dusted. It took our life. It, it, you know, we, we raised our energy for the for the uh, podcast Spirit Bomb, and we're now all tired about it. But we are finished. So, okay, so the series is not over yet, just yet, but it's, it's very nearly getting there. Next time, we are going to cover nothing in the manga and nothing in the series yet, because we're going back to the movies! Wood, wood. Uh, movie number 10? Uh, I forgot the title. Just, oh, spoilers, Brawly. Movie number 11? Spoilers, Brawly. <laughs> movie number 12? Uh, Fusion Reborn? And movie number 13, Wrath of the Dragon? Ah, interesting. The final of the original thirteen movies. So we'll now, see. were these filmed after the the series wrapped up, or were these filmed concurrently with Z? Uh, they were filmed concurrently. Like you'll you'll notice, because you'll, you'll notice, like you know, like, like the first movie, the next movie takes place clearly, you know, before the tournament, you know, Gohan, Goten, and stuff. Okay. And you know, the the next couple are kind of vague, and then like the last one takes place obviously after the Boo Saga. So yeah, the the first film to be produced after the series ended proper was Goku and His Friends Return, right? Yeah, that's true. That was done in two thousand nine, I believe. Okay. The Next Dimension podcast itself won't end yet, although this is our final year. But uh, there's a lot of content out there. That, but for now, next month we shall cover the, uh, the the final of the original thirteen movies. So uh, Woo-hoo. so for this uh, very exhaustive uh, series. Or this very is also a storyline done with Jesse. Any final words before we wrap it up for the month? Um, I can't think of anything. Uh, have a good spring. Hope everybody stays warmish, including you down there with your snow, Don. Up there with your snow. Uh, it's finally dying. Thank you. And as Paranga did, I'm giving the A OK. <laughs> oh yes, with all three of your fingers. Alright, you guys, I hope you've enjoyed this episode as always. I hope you've enjoyed uh, our coverage of the Boo arc. And until next time, when we talk about the movies, and ever closer to the end of the series and the end of our podcast as well, Sayonara. Thank you for listening to The Next Dimension, a Dragon Ball Z podcast. You can find the show and leave feedback at dbznextdimension.libson.com or write in for emails at dbznextdimension at hotmail.com. If you like what we're doing, please send us feedback at iTunes or like us on Facebook. Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Ball GT, and Dragon Ball Kai are all owned by Funimation, Toy Animation, Fuji TV, and Akira Toriyama. Dragon Ball is created by Akira Toriyama.
the most weirdest part of the day. Well, I'll tell you. I've eaten plenty of fish, but that's the first time one ate me. Vegeta, what are you doing way over there? Come on over here with us. Now that Goku's at the party, everyone is having a good time. Whether it's conquering the unjust or lifting the spirits of his family and friends, Goku is indeed number one under the sun. <laughs> <laughs>